Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shana. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday again, you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. All right, fellas. Well, we've got a bit of a different episode coming up today. Uh, there's no rugby league this weekend, but uh, be rest assured we're going to talk all things origin and uh, we'll, we'll also have a bit of a chat about the NRL and where things stand at the moment. But um, there's plenty of things happening, Shane. I mean, we've not only had the men's origin, but there's also a women's game this week. Still plenty to look forward to. Oh, it's massive, massive week, massive week uh, in rugby league. Um, look, standalone Origin weekend. Uh, the men's game, of course, um, a lot of interest around that. The Blues can sew up the um, sew up the the, uh, the series by winning this week. The the women's game. I think this is going to be the closest game we've had since the inception of the women's Origin, and with the uh, news coming out that we're going to get an expanded women game. I think it's good to see, and I, I really think that this is going to be a good game. I think we're going to get a good couple of games this weekend. It's it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, yep. You must be looking forward to the origin as well, Griffo. Um, indeed. And I, um, is it, it would it be okay to say that this is a special state of origin edition? Another special edition. Yeah, why not? Would, would that be what? would that be tapping too much into the special well? No, no, no never, never. Special edition origin preview, and this could be the first special edition with all three of us on board. I think it is. I think it makes it a special edition indeed. There we go. So, um, it's going to be really special this Sunday night. If at the end of uh, 80 minutes at uh, Suncorp Stadium, we'll see a blue victory. That's going to be really special. Yeah. Well, a lot of the tips. Brad Pittler's never done it as a coach at no. Suncorp. No, no, no. Well, I tell you what, listen to the tidbits because this is massive for Queensland and Paul Green in more ways than one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that then. Yeah, well, stay tuned for the tidbits as always. We're going to have Shane's tidbits a little bit later on, Griffo's grab, and even Graham's gaff from last weekend. Um, but first of all, what I'll do is just as we do at the top of every podcast, we'll give everyone an update in regards to what's happening in the NRL in regards to the results from last week. Now, keep in mind, last week was round 15. We're getting well into the season. Um, we are back to the extended uh, season that we are used to. Remember last year we only had 20 rounds, so there's still quite a bit of footy to go. But at this point in the season, we're really starting to see the, the ladder take shape. Uh, I'll go through the ladder in a moment, but first of all, the scores from last week. We saw the Rabbitohs 46-0 winners over the Broncos up in Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane, on Thursday night. Uh, on Friday night, the Sharks got the job done against the Cowboys 26-24. The Panthers, yet again, were strong at home in Penrith, 38 points to 12 over the Roosters. The Newcastle Knights won a low-scoring game against the Warriors up at Newcastle, 10 points to 6. Canberra's disappointing season just continues with the Dragons. Uh, they've had a very up-and-down season. They were up this week, winning 22 points to 20. 
the Storm in a record scoreline. Now, from what people are telling me, I'm no David Middleton, but people are telling me that this is the first time in history that a game has finished 66 points to 16. And uh, it wouldn't take an expert to realise that the Storm was the team that's on the winning end of that scoreline. Parramatta Eels, they continued their good run of form, staying in the top four with a 36-10 win over the Bulldogs. And geez, weren't Manly able to put some points on? This was another high-scoring game. <laughs> Lots of points here. 56-24. Uh-huh. The Seagulls yep. defeated the Titans. Now, we're going to have, have a bit of a chat about last week's round, uh, but I just want to give everyone an update in regards to what's happening on the ladder. Uh, we've got the Storm out in front. Uh, they're on 26 points. The Panthers are also on 26 points in second. The for and against for the Storm is just absolutely phenomenal. They're 344. The Panthers aren't too bad either at 311, but um, you know, really, they're, they're the two teams to chase in this competition. In third and fourth, we have the Eels and the Rabbitohs, uh, 24 points uh, for both of those teams. Bit of a gap back to fifth, the Roosters on 20 points. Manly are creeping up there. They're in sixth spot on 18 points. The Dragons and the Sharks both hanging in the eight. Seventh and eighth spot, 14 points. Now, keep in mind the Cowboys are also on 14 points in ninth position, but their uh, terrible for and against is uh, really going to... I think, affect them if they make a push for the finals. The Raiders are on 12 points, as to are the Warriors and Knights. They take up 10th, 11th, and 12th, respectively. Um, The Titans and Tigers are on 10 points in 13th and 14th spot. The Bulldogs are in 15th on 6 points, and the bottom of the ladder is occupied by the Brisbane Broncos on 6 points, with a minus 254 and against. Just on that, Graham, looking at the bottom mm. two, let's hypothetically say the Broncos were playing the Bulldogs this week. Who do you pick? Um, dogs. With zero confidence. What about you, Griff? Um, well, I think they could play that game because I don't think either side has got any bit of origin players. Yes, they could have played it this week. Right. Wouldn't that have been a Friday good night or spectacle. Saturday night? That, wow. that would have been something for Fox yeah. League fans. It's, it's, Saturday it's, night. You go back. You don't even have to go back that long. If someone told you that the Brisbane Broncos would have no players representing State of Origin, you, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. But, you know, I mean, that's one of those things where we've Oh, seen... hang on. Sorry. Hang, sorry. Um, breaking yeah. news. Payne Haas. Yeah, yeah. Payne Haas. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Payne up well, Sorry, Graham. Pain in there. I let you down the wrong path there. No, no, no. No, that's all right. That's all right. We do have pain house, I should say. Yep. No, but yeah, it's, it, it is one of those things. But even still, um, I think the... Okay, let's let's phrase it this way. No no, no Brisbane players in the Queensland side. Definitely. That's, that's something that uh, would have seemed just unfathomable, you know, only going back a few years ago. But... You got to say for the Brisbane Broncos. I mean, South beat them forty six nil. It was it was really tough because whenever a team plays the Broncos, you can't really get much of a gauge on it. They've been. Really... I could just see that. I would. I would love to see that game. I've, I've actually got the what? trophy. What the poo and boots? Uh... Well, the Pace Seabold Cup. 
<laughs> the pay Dean Pay coached him for a couple of years. I think yeah. his winning percentage was in the 30s. Yeah, wow. The Pay Seabold Cup. I'll tell you what, though. Got it. I'll t- just going through that ladder, though, like, you know, we talked about Brisbane. We can talk about them a little bit because, I mean, I don't know what we talk about because they're, they've been absolutely woeful. I can't see them getting much better. I, I, I just think it's... I think Brisbane are destined for well, a spoon this year. Around the water cooler, I bring up a point that Griffo made. Are they any better this year? Nope. I think the headlines in Brisbane were revolting Broncos. Right. Revolting in more ways than one. I was going to say, well, how was that spelled? Because yeah. that's, look, and that's part of the grab, and I'll bring it up. I'll, that's part of the tip, it's not bring it up now. Um, ben Iken has now gone to Brisbane. Yes. He, he'll leave Fox Sports and go to Brisbane as the head of football. We know him and Paul Green have a great relationship, and, and he rates Green highly. If somehow Paul Green pulls something out of the fire this week, I guarantee he's in the mix. I guarantee. And I actually think Kevin Walters is on notice. The, the, the headlines will... The backroom story is, is that when he came out and said everyone's on notice, including the trainers, blah, 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 he went back into the rooms and they said, and you. You're the other bloke on notice and you failed to mention that. I actually think that they've had enough of everything that's happening up there. And um, Ben, I can... Look, we know, we know, we, we know, that, um, we know that Bennett's not going to go there. Because um, they've had their falling out, and it's a, yes, that's a blood thick of the water falling out. You know, once once that happens, mm. it's, uh, yeah, once blood fall, falls out, you're, yeah. you're you're in trouble. Um, but um, but the thing is, he actually wasn't he actually wasn't for the whole Kevy signing because he said, you know, I think what you know he said what a lot of us have said, give Kevy a poor side and see how he coaches. Um, not this could be well. a very interesting mm. few weeks in, in in Broncos rugby league if they if he can't get this side remotely getting some mojo, he could be in and out within his first year. And and they've openly said money's not an issue up there. If we've got to pay a coach out. We'll do it. So, wow! I would be surprised this, if that this could happens. Be really interesting times ahead. Definitely, it's been massive. This only, could, was it true? It was only a two-year contract. It was, initially. yes. It's only a small yeah. contract anyway. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, you pay out a year. Done. Be, be and and the funny out. thing is, what a what a test for Paul Green. You know, like if that is the case, I just think the Broncos are a shambles. Like, like the, and I'm not saying this because I'd love South to have won by. 85, but there were times there, they were trying (laughs) stuff, they were experimenting. It was a training run. It was a training run, they put things on, if it worked, it worked. They still had something like 13 errors at that end of that game. Mm. And it was 46 block. That's horrendous. Like, that's, that's, that's not, like, that's not NRL standard. In my opinion, mm. I've always said this: that if, if okay, I'm not. I take out the top two English sides, Super League sides, because they're they're probably made up of NRL or 
people that could make it in the NRL anyway. You take the top two sides away from the Super League. If any of the mob that are rest can make it in the NRL and be super competitive, then you have an issue. If they would beat you, so if you take the next load of teams and as an NRL club, if you verse those sides and you both had your day, if they win, you're in trouble. Mm. Brisbane will lose. Brisbane would lose. And look, I'm not saying the dogs would be any better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not giving the dogs a way out of saying that Brisbane's rubbish. And, and the, dogs are, the dogs are the dogs. They're, they're their own set. But this is a club. They're the only club in Brisbane. They're the only, you know, for years they've been this superpower. That at the moment nothing more than a shambles. And and I, I if I ever met Seabold in the street, I actually would genuinely say to him, I apologize. If you listen to Carpool Rugby League, which I doubt you do, I've said some things in the past which I've got to be sorry for, because it's beyond you. There is something bigger happening in Brisbane. I, I just don't get it. I think yeah. you started the ball rolling, Shannon, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Look, I oh, did. He did. But but it's it's funny. There's there's been no whatever whatever you've bought into the whatever Kevy's bought into the club, not only has it not been taken up, it's been actively rejected. So even the players have said, you know what, we no, what you what you want, what you're peddling here, we're not listening to. You know, that's when, as a, as a coach, you know you're in trouble. Back in the days before coaches were paid millions of dollars and put on four or five-year contracts, and I know Kevy's on a two-year contract, coaches would leave now. That's, I can't do anything. I'll go. Yeah, and that's, that's where he's at. I just, now we're hearing that, we're hearing that players would rather stay at home than play football. Now, I don't know whether it's because Kevy is a good or bad coach. And I, I, I don't know. And in some ways I don't care. What I'm getting to is that this guy was going to be the Messiah for this club, bringing them forward, bringing in these processes, doing this, doing that. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, we, we said it. And I think you brought it up perfectly, Griffo, when you said, look, you know, look at the team Kevy had when he was the Queensland coach. What, was it more Mal in the backstrings? in the back room pulling the strings and Kevy was the guy out in front. I don't think so, Shane. I don't know. You I know don't, what I've I got no idea. Like, well, was you know it Cameron I, Smith? Was it just... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they're unco- You know, like, they you coach themselves. Cameron Smith, you got Cooper you know? Cronk, you got Billy Slade. Yeah, so. remember back in the day you know, where they, um, they Shane Warne said, yeah, they coach themselves. No yeah, they, they don't need no a coach. coach. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think that's right. And realistically, you look at the caliber of players. But also, too, realistically, when you go into these origin camps, not not taking away from the coach, obviously they've got game plans, they're putting plays together. A lot of the clubs play similar plays. It's about fitting in. They know all the different plays. There's only so much you can do in a week. And really, for, for these club, for these previous origin players, like we often used to joke and say, "Oh, look, I could have, I could have coached that Maroons team to to victory through that do. time." They're just full of superstars. So, look, it'll be interesting to see. Club, can, can being I, able can to week something? in, week out Sorry. for 26 weeks or 25 weeks, whatever it is, 
to 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 perform and keep the players up and motivate them. That's that's a, that's a that's a skill that well, not, uh, a lot of people. I'm possess. going to fast forward two years, right? I'm going to get in the DeLorean, click it to 88 miles per hour, and I'm going to go two years. Brisbane is a two-team town. Their newest team, right, wherever that might be, has call them the Firebirds. I don't mind the Firebirds, bit. That's a good one. Um, the Firebirds. They're going to have cap concessions. They're going to have sponsorship concessions. They're going to have third-party concessions. And yet, the Brisbane Broncos could be the could, in the in the two-horse race. They're going to be they're going to be just blown away, blown off the park, unless something happens. I'm going to put it out here, and I'm going to say it right here, right now. Adam Reynolds was nothing more than a signing than to keep the fans happy. He's not going to fix this team. He's going to be gone. He's going to be. He's got two years left in him. He's mm. not going to be able to fix this side. This side is in absolute trouble. They are in all sorts. And then when a new team comes into Brisbane, if you want to go live up in Brisbane and you want to share the high life and you want to be the sunny side of things, where would you rather go? The side that's going to get the caps concessions, <coughs> the concessions regarding sponsorship. Now, remember the Audi deal that was done with the Titans? No, who wouldn't want a new Audi? Um, all these things... Or play for the Broncos. It's a no-brainer. You're not yeah. playing for the Broncos. Yeah. I, 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 unless something turns around for this club very, very quickly. And no, no offense to Adam Reynolds, but <clears throat> I just think he was the signing to keep the fans happy. Just throw the money at him, whatever it takes. Let's keep the fans happy. He's not going to have a Ford pack at this point in time to 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 work behind. I hope he enjoys kicking the ball out of his own 20 because that's where he's going to be kicking it from. Yeah. And and I, I just think that when I look at all this unfolding, he's not going to save the club because the club's not going to have anyone to help him do that. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Look, I'll tell you one thing <laughs> I want to get, get your thoughts on is, is the Broncos' opponents going into next round. So in round 16, the Broncos are going to take on the Sharks. Now, all of a sudden, when we look at the NRL ladder, we've got the Sharks sitting in eighth spot. They're equal on points with the Dragons. And they've actually won their last four games. The turning point was that one-point victory over the Dragons, and they beat the Titans. They had a bye in the middle of that. They got lucky playing the Panthers' origin round. They also got a two-point win last week against the Yeah, well, that was a last-minute thing. Now, what I want... But but at the end of the day, they've won four on the trot. Mm Mm-hmm. I just want to, I just don't know if the fans at home listening to us are aware that the Sharks run over the next month. It's not too bad. They've got the Broncos next week, then they play the Warriors, an out-of-form Raiders, and then yeah. the Bulldogs. Given the fact yeah. that their next four games are against teams that are below them on the ladder and they're currently sitting in eighth, what are we thinking at the moment now of the Sharks' chances of uh, snagging a spot in the top eight? That's up to Moylan and Johnson. Moylan and Johnson stay there, they're half a chance. And and Johnson's in some feigner form. Like, uh, yeah, uh, like we said, you know, there are these top sides and then there's junk. And the thing with the, with the, with the Sharks is they're playing the junk. 
Now, if they can win more games than they lose, well, then all of a sudden things are looking pretty. Since Johnson and Moylan have paired up, it's looking okay for them. So, look. I think they've got one of the better runs, Shane. Just to give you an idea. Sorry, oh, they I do. Stopped, they do. And they, they I stopped do, specifically but they've got to win the game. before. Yeah, I stopped yeah. specifically before round 20 because they played the Seagulls, and that's a tough game. But after that, they then play the Warriors again, the Knights, the Tigers. They play Brisbane again. And then their last round of the... Their last game of the, the season is against the Storm. So, basically, in a nutshell... They've got one tough game. Or yeah. two. two. Two tough games. They only... Between now and the end of the season, they only play two teams above them on the table, and that's the Seagulls and the Storm. Yeah. I think they've got one of the more favourable draws. Basically, the way I'm putting it for Griffo is I think they're a team to watch out for because... Given the fact that they do have a more favourable draw, um, I think fans really need to factor them into top eight contention. Graham, uh, I think uh, um, I've got to take my hat off to to coach Josh Honey. Mm. Yeah, I was extremely critical. Ex- no one does. No. <clears throat> He's the, you know... He's the superstar. Well, he came in... I made a huge controversy when they sacked Morris. I was very critical of of the club for that. And they went into a downhill spiral. Lost a number of games. Um, They are a form team at the moment. They are already in the top eight. Already there. Who's going to displace them? That's the question. Mm. Yeah, their destiny is 100% in their own hands. Someone has to take over from them. For that to happen, they have to lose games. Now, I think they're playing really good football. Um, You've got that combination of Johnson and Moylan, who is... uh, Both of those guys are now injury-free at the moment. Touch wood. Um, if they remain injury free, they make it. Mm. Yeah, and that's, and you, you I can, think that's that's the bottom line. And if you have a look at say the Dragons who are sitting in seventh spot, I know we've been talking about the Dragons sliding, but just in comparison to to their draw, um, the, the Dragons still have to play before the end of the season. The Seagulls, the Rabbitohs twice, the Panthers, and the Roosters. Mm. Very different run uh, compared to what the Sharks have. So I reckon the Sharks, it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's their spot to lose really, and oh, I, I can't see the Cowboys being consistent enough to really push yeah. for that final spot either. Given the fact that the Cowboys also have to play South Roosters, Storm, and Para and Manly in the run home, <coughs> they're not playing well. That's their problem, and that's yeah, and that's mm. true. So look. Definitely reckon the Sharks are the team to, to keep an eye out for. It's it's a really funny situation with the um with the ladder because I was thinking earlier, I thought, geez, I don't think we've ever had a situation at this point of the season where ten points separates fourth from seventh. So you have South in fourth on twenty four, and then the Sharks sorry, the Dragons in seventh, they're on fourteen. It's just phenomenal, isn't it, that we can have a 10-point gap between 4th and 7th? 
Yeah. I mean, we we did sort of allude to it at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, we got it wrong because in that top six teams, we had the Raiders, not the Sea Eagles. So um, we were nearly right. Well, how bad have they been? How bad have they been? Who's your disappointment like, of like, the season? Is, like, it, is it the Raiders? Yeah. Well, it has to be. Yeah. They've um, they've got and we called it a few weeks ago. We called it a few weeks ago here on Carpool Rugby League when we said they're 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 a they're a boardroom shambles at the moment. Players just want to leave. No one's been given security. Everyone's unhappy. And it's now it's now proving dividends on the field. We've said it for years here. The minute your boardroom is a shambles, the minute everyone in the boardroom has no idea, the minute the club has no direction, the club wanes and falls behind. And and not only the club is and, and that's what that's what cracks me up about the 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 salary cap. We can talk salary cap to a blue in the face. The boardroom, the the CEO, they they don't come under the cap. And yet these are the guys that, that, that it's just it's just. The correlation is so strong. The minute your boardroom, the minute your CEO, the minute you, the minute the backroom people fail, the club fails. Well, well, those struggles there really have, have have gone onto the field. When you look at last week, I mean, from memory, they were were they winning twenty points to four at one stage mm-hmm. in that game against the Dragons. They've got no resiliency. This team they ended up going down twenty two points to twenty. Um, they've got they've got nothing in the they've got nothing they've got nothing they've got nothing they've got nobody that helped them just build it they they they're gone and, and the thing is like you know Ricky's Ricky's got what Ricky's got but the board haven't helped him in any way shape or form because half of these players said I'm going yeah and they're like all right oh we can't keep you here no it was one and of those like, well, okay. Oh, see you later. Yeah. Well, no. How about you got a contract? You're going to play, and then all of a sudden, when someone gets a hissy fit, well, you're dropped now. I, 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 there is there. I think they're a club that had that needed their success to work for the longevity. I think people have looked at it. The success didn't work. The vibe, like when things are going well. Like you know, like the, it's like the goose that lays the golden egg. When things are going well, the egg's made of gold. When things are going bad, the egg smells like crap. It's all about perspective. When things were going well for the for the for the for the Raiders, even though even that wasn't a great place to play, you you were getting in the finals. You you had the shot at grand final. Everything was fine. Now it's not so fine. Nah, I don't like it anymore. Things don't turn that quickly. I think it was always like that. It's just that they had the players to get them to the top. Now, all of a sudden, those players have gone out the back door, told you not welcome or left. I think I we said it a while ago, Gray, <clears throat> and Griff. Bateman, it felt like he was a bit of the glue that, that held everything together. And it's funny, since his departure... Things are falling apart. That was a big sign for, for me, I think, that there was a, a culture issue there and that people wanted out. I mean, they were winning games and players wanted out. So there was a bit of writing on the wall there. We'll see how they go, but, geez, it's not looking good for them. 
Uh, on the flip side, one side that it's really looking good for is the Melbourne Storm. Um, they they scored 66 points on the weekend. It could have been more. Um, Hines missed a couple of kicks, but you can't knock him. I mean, 9 from 12 are good stats. But uh, this, this side, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. They're not even a... I mean, they're not even a full strength. 40-0 half-time. 40 nil half time. I just that first fifteen minutes, there was let me count them here. One, two, three, four, five tries in the first fifteen minutes. Have you ever seen anything like that first fifteen minutes of the game the other night, Griffo? Well, not really. <clears throat> there was one quite sad doctor that uh, <laughs> I was with uh, at that time. Oh goodness. He would have needed a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he rolled them off pretty quickly. He realised that they were they were gone. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a far cry from uh, from the chest beating of about two weeks ago when they beat Penrith, and their supporters were holding up opal cards and throwing things at the Penrith players, and you know all was well at Leichhardt. Well, it was a false dawn, and then we all knew that. We knew that it was you know. Yeah, enjoy your time while you're playing at you know a half a reserve grade side, and then you know they did win that. You can't take it away, and they were all right that night. But the true Tigers have, have shown their claws in the last few weeks, and um, they are a shambles. <clears throat> They've got a lot of players uh, coming in apparently next year already. I believe there's an Englishman, Oliver Gultart. Um They're talking about signing Pangai Junior. He's the last player they need. <laughs> Seriously, they're not got yeah, a lo- yeah. enough. Have they not got enough loose cannons already? Joey Leilua, James Roberts. Haven't they learned their lesson? It, 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 but is that is that partly the issue, Griff? Like in regards to the West Tigers and their recruitment, are they looking for the wrong type of players? And now they've Absolutely. got a bit of a motley crew that just can't get the job done. They should be going to Finucane. From Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Yep. Forget Pangai Jr. He's good one in every five weeks. Finucane's good every week. They need a consistent type of player. They've already, as I said, they've got too many loose cannons already. Um, they buy the wrong guy. And it's, it's not something new. Um, one interesting thing for the Tigers, they're leading the, uh, the jersey flag competition unbeaten. I think they've about four draws, but their jersey flag size is unbeaten. So you would think there must be some talent just underneath this NRL side um, that are going to come through within the next, you know, year or two, maybe three. And they've got Tim Sheens in the place now to try and help develop that talent. So, you know, while I don't think they're going anywhere in 2021, you don't want to be signing a guy like Pangai Jr. They need to make sure that these... This, <coughs> I've not seen them play, but if you've got an undefeated under-20 side, as they've got, they've got to be tying up those guys and making sure they come through into that first-grade side. Forget Pangai Jr. Forget your loose cannons. Build a team that is going to be... You're going to expect to perform every week. Even if you don't get the two points, you need consistency. That was an absolute shambles the other night, on Saturday night, 40-0 at halftime, and then 
look, it literally, it could have got to 80. The, the uh, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, the storm took their foot off the pedal. Yeah, it could have been worse. Um, it could have been a lot worse. It was just a disgrace. Yep. Look, another team that was um, able to put points together, you know, back to back to back was uh, the Manly Seagulls. They left it to the second half, though. We mentioned their big win, 56-24 over the Titans. They were losing 24-8 at half time. Then we uh, saw um, Garrick got... Did he get four tries in that second half? Uh, Saab yeah. got a couple. I mean, look, let me count them again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tries in the second half. That's, that, that's unbelievable. I mean... I don't know if it says more about Manly or the Titans. The fact that you got the Titans can lose a game after leading twenty four eight at half time, but they've Manly... lost from bigger being bigger up than that, Graham. And they, yeah, that's and, not even their record this year. And that's what I that's what I mean. Is that saying more about the Titans? The fact that they just don't know how to tackle. <laughs> yeah, that too. I was going to say maintain a lead, but the 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 defensive effort was 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 very poor in that second half. They led the Broncos by 22 nil and lost. That's true. Yeah, well, they didn't have a big lead against South as well. They did. Yeah, South knocked and them lost. Over. The, the the thing is too, you know how we talked about. Obviously, the Raiders are the biggest disappointment of the season. Um, bar the Raiders, the Titans are my disappointment. I was really excited about the Titans. I I had them in the top six. Um. Second half Titans are the worst team in the NRL. Second half Titans. Yeah, they're good in the first half. It's it's unbelievable. I just I I really I'm really concerned about them because you've got you've got a team with some talent. They've got some great players on the park. They're just I don't know what it is. There's there's, there's some some teams that really lack resiliency this year. That's the way I'm going to put it. There's a lot of teams that lack resiliency. The Titans are one of them. And I know we've we've talked about that gap in the competition where we've got a few teams at the top that are, are just above everyone else. But I'll just point out a few teams this week and tell you how many points they scored. So on Friday, South scored 46. The Panthers scored 38 on, uh, on Friday. Uh, Storm scored 66 on Saturday. Eels ran in 36 on Sunday. And the Seagulls scored 56 on Sunday. The form teams are scoring points. And look, it's, it seems as though the, 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 um, the rest are just going to get left behind. The Titans did not want to be there in that second half. No. When halftime came, it, and they've done it two or three times. Like, like the question you've got to ask the Titans... And if you were if you're asking, you know, if you're the boardroom going to the coach, you'd be saying, "What's going on at half time?" Yeah, is it your player selection? Is it that we don't have the forwards to cover? They just switch off. Yeah, that that's just that's just mental anguish. That's basically saying we played, and you know what it is, Gray. It's basically saying we played eighty minutes worth of football in forty, and we're spent. Mm. We got nothing left. Yeah. That's horrendous at this level. They've gone backwards. They, they yeah. were ninth yeah. at the end of last oh, year. Yeah. That's horrendous at that level. They play yeah, 80 true. minutes They're worth going of football. backwards. Yeah. Yep. 
with this squad. Unbelievable. Look, the only other game I really want to um, have a chat about, fellas, and get your thoughts on, um, it was the Panthers and the, the Roosters. Now, many punters that don't follow the game super close might look at the scoreline and go, geez, the Panthers did away with the Roosters rather easily. Um, I might ask you, uh, Griff, I'll get the Chameleon's thoughts on this one because you watched the Panthers Panthers quite closely. Can we read much into this game given the fact that the Roosters were, were missing a couple of players this week that we'd otherwise expect to be there most weeks? Yeah, I think you can read a bit. I don't want to say too much. But I thought the Roosters were came out firing. Uh, aided by the Panthers making some mistakes, but the Roosters deserved their 12-0 lead. Yeah, they, they, they started and well. They did, and the game turned on Joey Manu's dropping of the ball from the kickoff. Yeah. yeah. That was the yeah. turning point, and yeah. from there, uh, the it, Roosters' night just uh, went from bad to you, worse. You felt that too, because then, because I think it was only a minute or so later, it was pretty much after that, um, was Crichton got the first try? He ran yeah, that try. Uh, I think then... um, on on a very early tackle. I don't know if it was on. The, I think it could have been the set straight from that dropout. Yeah. Um, Cleary put kick through on. It was like I think it was the third tackle. No one expected it. I wasn't expecting it. But um, Crichton come up with a with a very good run towards the ball. Um, the Roosters uh, conceded that try, and then yeah. it was pretty much downhill after that for the and Roosters. That, yeah, and, and you felt that change. You felt like that hot start. You felt like as soon as Panthers got on the board, I remember that first Toto try thinking, okay, yeah, they're just going to keep going here. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll say yeah. a bit more later, but yeah, yeah. I was, I, you know, I take my hats off to the Roosters, though. They're really. They are really doing it tough with, with the guys that have got out. Mm. They'll, they'll be up there, but they they can't win the comp this year. No, I'm pretty not, confident. Not, nothing against anything about the club or the players, but it's just they're missing so much talent as a result of injury and, and the suspension of Victor Radley. That's, that's at a time when they've been decimated by injuries to, to lose – one of your very best um, for the second time this year uh, to, and I, th- I think he might have had an injury early, but you can't lose a player of his quality. And that, that's, you know, just dis- disappointing for their team that that um, his mistakes uh, on the field and, and, you know, he's made some off the field as well, mm. um, really costing him a team, a time when, when they absolutely need him out there. Yeah, and and, and yeah. keep in mind too with the Roosters, um, I think they've got Manly starting to breathe down their neck. As you said, the Roosters will be in the the top eight. Uh, I think they'll fight out with Manly for that fifth spot. Um, but yeah, keep in mind for the Roosters, um, their next game they've got coming up is going to be against the Storm. Uh, they're sitting in fifth. They've actually got to play. Um, all of the teams above them once again before the season's out. They play Penrith again, even though they played them last week. But yeah, they play Storm, Penrith, Para, uh, South, uh, all before the season's over. So um, yeah, definitely 
uh, some work to do for the Roosters. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what though. Can I can I just give Roosters fans? And I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, a bit of a silver lining. This Melbourne's the only other club. If they lost the players that that the Roosters lost, they'd be in a far worse place. So I think. You know, we talk about resilience. When we talk about the Melbourne Storm and we talk about the, um, the 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 Roosters, when people go, oh, but look at the way the Roosters are at now. I, I think no other club would have, other than maybe other than maybe the the Storm, no other club would still be in fifth and have what they've got. A yeah. lot of other clubs just would have capitulated. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to them still for what they've been able to produce. Yeah, no, that's a fair yeah. call. They'll make the eight, even though they've yeah. got that soft draw. Yeah, no, they should make the eight. Um, as I said, I think oh, the, the, the the real... Oh, yeah, They're they, not jump. They're no. not jump. I think that the challenge for them will be, if, if anything, look, I, I, I could almost, um, you know, pen them into the top six. I think the only team that might be below them that could possibly overtake is the Manly Seagulls, but, you know... We'll see what happens. There's still plenty of footy to um, to look forward to uh, coming ahead in the NRL. Um, and look, there's there's also plenty of things going on just around the traps in rugby league and in the NRL. And the best person to keep us up to date with what's going on is Shano with Shano's Tidbits. Spun the chocolate wheel. I know in the past you've got a harmonica. What have you got for us this week? <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Um, look, I, I suppose we spoke about uh, Brisbane earlier um, uh, with their with their um, is what's happening. Uh, ben Eichen is going up there. Uh, massive fan of Paul Green. Probably wasn't wasn't a fan of the whole Walters signing so we mentioned that earlier um that's something to watch this space I, it'll be very interesting to see what he does in the background uh ben Iken is not someone to to sort of he's not someone that's going to sit around and watch things happen um when he got when he got when he got uh by fox and with with nrl 360 of course it was on the back of afl 360 and all that he what was how a, a very big part in the success of that show. So when you look at when you look at um when you look at Ben Iken as a as a as a person, like as a player he was brilliant. Like he's a very good player. Uh but, but as very, very interesting to see what happens there. Um uh and Let's go on to the Warriors. The Warriors have got some big news with Chad Townsend and DWZ. Looks like they're going to join. Um, they're going to be on the far east coast of Australia in New Zealand land, joining the Warriors. Uh, a very interesting move, really. When we talk about the Warriors, we look at, um, you, know, you know, the Warriors at the start of the year and even a couple of years ago, 
when they talked about their their team and when Backroom talked about their team, it was about building. It was about building for the future. Uh, they got DWZ and Chad Townsend. So I don't know how much future they've got in that. But anyway, they've got them. Uh, just on that, we were looking at uh, those types of signings. Uh, look, um, Ferguson, Blake Ferguson. Look, um, look, will he be without a club? Will he not be out of a club? You know, it's, 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 it's a watch this space at the moment. Fergo said he's not going to be without a club. Um, he's going to, if it's in NRL, if it's in rugby, he's going to be playing. He's dropped at the moment. It'd be very, very interesting to see what happens with uh, Ferguson. It, it really does look like, um, you know, if I'm looking at my crystal ball, uh, I really don't see him playing anywhere. Um, it's going to be a very interesting situation ahead. Uh, with the COVID situation in the um, in New South Wales, it looks like that there's a bit of an issue with people leaving Sydney to be able to go to Brisbane. Um, it appears that the NRL, they're going to refund a thousand tickets um, for people who bought tickets from the Sydney metropolitan area. As Gladys has said, if you're in the Sydney metro area, you can't um, go beyond beyond that for non-essential travel. Uh, that will mean that the NRL will issue uh, refunds to Sydney fans that were that will be locked out of origin. So that's yeah, for those think, fans. Um, Queensland said that Greater Sydney's considered a hotspot. Yes, so they weren't allowed in anyway. So yeah, they weren't allowed in anyway. So it's, there's it's tough um, at the moment if you want to if you want to yeah, travel. Yeah, you you're not going over there. Just to um, school holidays. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it always happens. Always happens. Uh, look, um, yeah, there's a lot happening. Uh, interestingly, during the week, um, it's come to light that uh, Flanagan has actually rejected two offers to go join Super League clubs, saying that he is leaving his options open for an NRL club. Um, that's Kyle. Yep, yep. they've actually um, they've actually uh, they've they've actually uh, come out and said that. No, sorry, Shane. It's a Shane. coach. Sorry, oh, co- yeah, mate. Shane. Sorry, okay. old mate. No, um, right. basically, um, basically, um, there was the, a package deal. Well, yeah. well, I don't know, but the um, the yeah, Kyle Flanagan. Well, who knows what's happening there? But um, with Shane Flanagan, it's actually come to light that the Super League clubs have said yes. We've approached him. We'd be happy to have him as a coach, and he's denied our offer. I find it very interesting that he can deny, look, okay, you've got to go. I, I don't know what he does for a gig. I've got no idea. I know he's on Fox Sports every now and then uh, giving some expert commentary. I would think that I would think that maybe there is something in the pipeline or, or something going on in the background that we don't know about for him to be able to do that. He's rejected two offers. We know apparently one exceptionally lucrative offer to go to England and be a Super League coach. He's rejected both of those uh, to stay in Australia. I think it's a watch this space. Um, it's only just come to light. Um, he could be well and truly <coughs> part of a NRL club uh, next year. So, 
Uh, you see Flanagan for the Broncos? Well, I don't think so. I, um, I think I think Ben Eichen was very outspoken when Paul Green got the sack. Um, he sees him as a good coach. I don't know whether he sees the Flanagan in an in an assistant role at the Broncos. I'm just not too sure. Um, I've been putting the feelers out, but it's not coming back with much. Uh, one thing I did hear is that uh, he did speak. Just excuse me for a minute. <coughs> he did speak with the. Um, apparently, he had been in talks with um, Tigers management. So I don't know whether there's a job there or whether it was just a chat. Um, someone has linked something to the Tigers. It's not a coaching role. So whether it's it's not going to be head of football because that's um, Tim Sheens. I don't know. Want to look after sports medicine? Is he? Yeah, I don't know. History in that defense, area. maybe. I don't know. Um, he's going to Peptides. paint. The, he's going to paint the try line. Yeah, well, that's true. They need those. <laughs> so look, it's it's watch this space. I think he he's got something lined up. We just don't know what it is yet. And it's he's a for his history. And Griffo just to, just mentioned it. He's a fairly controversial figure. So um, he is a premiership winning coach, though. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens True. here. And look, what it's worth, that's the tippets. Okay. Well, there's a fair bit happening there, isn't there? You know, like, yeah, it'll be Just interesting to see how it all pans out because, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it is uh, tough. Oh, actually, I did, men- did not mention a breaking one. Uh, if you're a South or a Broncos fan, listen up in the next couple of days. Apparently, Gagai's making his decision. Yeah, uh, right. be South or Brisbane. I just, uh, just on one of those tidbits of Shano, hmm. he brought hmm. up, um, and that was the Warriors with a double signing this <clears throat> uh, this week. Hmm. Chad Townsend, he is a former Warrior. Hmm. He's a Sharks reserve grader presently. And he's going to be an $800,000 a year man for three years each year. eight hundred grand at the Cowboys. Well I think done. He must... Well done, well, Chad. Look, he, he don't have to play Lotto. He's already, he's already won. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know what the Warriors are going to pay him. I guess he probably thinks, well, I don't really, you don't have to pay me too much because I'm, I've got it made for the next three years after this year. I understand why the Warriors bought him because uh, Chanel Harris Tavita is out for the year, and one of their other young yes. guns, Paul Turner, also out for the year. Um, so I can sort of understand why they might have went for an experienced halfback. But the guy that I don't understand well I've signed is DWZ. That's a panic signing. Well, that, that's nothing more. I, I don't know why he's so highly rated. Maybe, um, maybe he, he runs a watch company, doesn't he? Maybe everyone gets a, gets a watch. He does, thinking, all, he does have a watch company with his brother. Perhaps, so perhaps he's got the plenty, of, are looking plenty at... of time on his hands, but <laughs> um, 
He finally, the ball stayed in his hands. I just, I just can't understand how. Look, I'm sure the Bulldogs are happy about this. Um, they didn't come out and yeah. say, you know, but that frees up a lot of cap space for those guys. I don't know whether he was had a contract beyond this year or not, but if he was on eight hundred grand a year, as was reported. Well, there is a huge amount of your salary cap that is effectively yeah. wasted. Um, he was not part of either of the Bulldogs' two wins this year. I won't fault him on effort, but I will fault him on a huge mistake rate. He's always good for a not just a mistake, but an absolute clangor that turns games. Like when he threw the ball to uh, Spencer Lanou in the Panthers game, the Bulldogs worked their backsides off in that first half to be only down 4-0 with about 10, 15 seconds on the clock. He picks up a ball from a kick and throws it to a Panthers player who's like 10, 15 meters out from the line, uh, who no. stood there for a moment and thought, oh, Oh, yeah, I'll run. I can't believe what's just happened to me. But this is this is not a one-off. What look, do the Warriors think they're look, buying? Griffo, Griffo, someone asked me about the Warriors today, and I said, look, in regards to these signings, which we're, we're here saying then, then come through as gospel, I've got, I've got two things to say about the Warriors. They're the same team at the moment that are playing two of us as Sheck on the wing when they could be putting him at fullback and Reese Walsh at 5'8". Absolutely. Like, like, like yeah. that's, you know, look at that. If you look at that, that you're putting two of us a check, one of the like greatest fullbacks in our game on the, wing. on the wing, and you can put Reese Walsh at 5'8". No, no, no. We're going to throw him at fullback, and th- there it is right there. there there's the equation up. as to why it's crap. Oh. Look, the interesting thing is, too, like, there's a couple of things about Townsend going to the Warriors I want to mention. Randy, one, what are you doing? One, I'm thinking, well, maybe they're looking at uh, improving the overall uh, hairstyles within the team. I think that's one area they can improve. I think he'll bring some quality to the hair department. Has Jacinda um, asked for that? Well, I, look, I, I, I don't know. Look, he, he, and, and look, to be honest with you, um, it's, it's, it's a hell of a trek from, um, from uh, Cronulla to the Central Coast. That's probably about an hour and a half trip so who knows that's a bit stressful for him we'll see how he goes hopefully the hair doesn't turn gray or start to fall out the other interesting tidbit for you guys and i'm doing tidbits here this is interesting um someone correct me if i'm wrong let me know on social media i think the last game that townsend played was the win against the dragons the field goal yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think right um, next week, the one with field goal. Yep, next week the Warriors. Uh, they play the Dragons, so it could oh, be that, that. Uh, the last game he played for the Sharks was against the Dragons, and he could very well play for the Warriors against the Dragons next week. So, I'm um, sure he will. They haven't signed him to play. You know, to not play. I don't know if they have a reserve grade team. But I, I like Shano's suggestion of Walsh in at five eight. And yeah. and why would you do that? Pull back. It's a no-brainer. Have we? Anyway. 
you mentioned there you touched on. I don't want to open up another can of worms and talk about coaching too much, but you said, oh, Brownie, what are you doing? Should we talk about Brown as a coach? Because uh, look, he's another bloke who doesn't have an amazing track record. And I don't know if we can really compare apples with apples when we talk about a Super League career and then coming in coaching NRL. You know what? You know where I, I want to start with Brownie? I'll go back and I've said, I said this when he was coaching, when he started coaching, he was very young and, and to his, you know, to be fair, he was very young. That's was, St. George side. He was a young slapper. That, no, yeah, that's true. But that is St. George side. <laughs> Happy slapper. They yeah. were outstanding. Yeah, the hand in everything. Yeah, they like, were. They were phenomenal. They, they had the biggest, they had the biggest depth in the NRL. Yeah. And they underachieved. And then, and then you look through. Look, I, I, someone asked me about Brownie uh, a few few years ago, a couple of years ago, and I said he's very very good at talking the talk. When you listen to him talk, his football knowledge is outstanding. He's exceptional when you listen to him. There are people like that, but it doesn't mean they go into coaching. There's three of them here, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. I, I used to be a big fan of his on Triple M last year uh, on a Saturday. Mm, he was mm. fantastic to listen yeah, to. Yeah, he's great to talk. He's great at talking. He's really, really good at that. And, and yet you just keep looking at his coaching uh, record and it just seems to spiral. Like, And it spirals into these, like, like I remember when he was coaching uh, St. George way back when. And there was a few, there was a few decisions around selections that would be made. You just go, where's that come from? What what's going on there? That's starting to happen. Like the whole, you know, they're the little things where I, I look at, you know, like your best players or your best players in the positions that they play. Outside of that, if your player can play another position, fine. Two of us as Sheck should not be camped on the wing. Like he should be fullback. Reese Walsh will then well he can't camp him out in the wing. Put him at five eight. If a punter uh, on the podcast can work this out, surely he can. And I just think that there's this. He always tends to dig his heels into things. Like I remember when um, and look, people correct correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure. Uh, ben Hornby, uh, Trent Barrett. Well, Trent Barrett was the slap, wasn't it? So was the slap. You know, like I remember there was an issue there one day, and it was like Ben Hornby might not have been playing, and they put this other guy. In. It's like no, Trent Barrett goes into there and brings someone else. Like you know what I mean? It's like no, no, no. He, he, he. I gave him the number six jersey, so he, that's what he. It's like he really digs his heels into certain. Selections and it's like, well, why? Anyway, I, 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 like I said, the guy's football knowledge is outstanding. When you listen to him talk, it's sublime. But yeah, you know, yet again, his coaching and and, and and what he's doing with that, it, it, it's it's just not coming to the mark, unfortunately. Because okay. they're another club that looked better last year. Yeah, they did. But they looked better last year with all the adversity they in had. In comparison to the, the Gold Coast Titans, 
the Warriors are pretty competitive every week. Um, yeah, I know they got that's they did true. get towed up a little by the storm a couple of weeks ago, but they're not the first time the first team that that's happened against. They should be higher up the ladder, but they've gone down in a lot of narrow losses. Yeah. The Warriors, yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably Phil Gould's probably had something to do with these signings. Um, uh, I know Which well, you guys sense. would know better than me that when he took over control and the Rabbitohs came back into the competition, that yeah, he was some really dud signings oh. in that you know that era. Top the um, top thir- the top thirteen, you know. That was- um, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's all Nathan Brown. Yeah, um, not with these not signings. too many people still have that TV week jersey. <laughs> it's not. It's not the. Uh, it's yeah. not exactly a classic like yeah. the Smith Chris one. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I. I. I think you've got something in that group. I think the big winners are the Bulldogs in this because that gives them a lot more salary cap to play with to make some decent signings for uh, for next year. Which they, which they, which they're doing really well. Yeah, but right. they'll be able to do more now. Yeah. Um. You know, I know that they, they, they've got a backline that lines up pretty handsomely for next year. Um, but they really need, they really need, and I think, I think it's well, the word I'm hearing is that Sean Johnson is going to be there now. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, that's that's pretty strong. Like that's. So you think he might? He and Matt Burton might form a, a pretty. Wow, well, well, that's that's going to work. Combination. Right. Can um, I ask? Oh, sorry, no, you I was going to say. I, I think they need a, they need a decent hooker, and they, they probably need to bolster their their forward strength yeah. as well. But I think they got the Bucks um, pretty covered now. The interesting nice. thing I read also was uh, Nick Meaney is being courted by the Storm. And if you're Nick Meaney, you're saying, oh, where do I sign? Stay. Yeah, get yeah, me, yeah. Get me into cents. your system. I'll go there for 50 cents, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, yeah, no. like his, you know, former Bulldog Remus Smith. Now, how's yeah. he going? Yeah. Since he left yeah. the Bulldogs yeah. and went into the yeah. Storm system. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, just quickly, this week, Ricky Stewart's uh, 18th man, Clanger, he said it was due yeah. to utter confusion and, and 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 not knowing what the hell's going on and poor communication, I call BS on that. What about you guys? He doesn't know. He didn't know the rules. But yeah, I think he just didn't read the book. You know, as a coach, surely you should be. Lucky like they didn't win. Well, big. no, I was just about to say, it's an interesting situation where if they had a one, they would have got the two points docked. Why don't yeah. they get two points docked anyway? Well, yeah, that's true. It's happened to other teams in the past. I think the yeah, it was a what, clanger. Scott Wilson somewhere. That's right. Yeah, it was an absolute yeah. clanger. I, I, I think he did it. What do you think? It was to be belligerent. I, I, I don't. I do not believe that a coach of his caliber made this mistake. I, I seriously think he did it to be belligerent. We're not going to know. Only Ricky. Irrespective knows. of the reason. Why didn't it cost him two points? Yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought, I thought for a, you, you know, you know, the classic thing with kids, you know, that the moment, you know, something happens, they go, oh, Soz, that's what he's done. Oh, sorry about oh, that, yeah. Soz. And it's like, oh, okay, he said sorry. Now, I, I thought, 
I'm glad you guys have, have, have sort of said this because if you'd said, oh, it doesn't matter, I would have moved on. But I actually thought they brushed over this and I thought they didn't give it the... I didn't think they gave it what it deserved. I actually thought this was a massive clangor. I thought this should cost this club and that and that clubs have lost more over less. Yeah. This is like putting, this is like an extra interchange or or fielding someone that wasn't named. Yep. This is huge. And yet it was just brushed over and swept under the carpet. I, 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 How would you I, feel? How would you feel, say, Shane and Graham, if the Raiders do sort of have a resurgence and they tip someone out to the finals because they didn't get deducted mm. points for this indiscretion. The, you know, let's say they finish equal with the Dragons and um, on equal points, but uh, the Dragons miss out. I'll I'll be thought this was, yeah. I thought this was a hefty clanger, personally. I don't know. Look, the... I know that we, we look at it and we say there's got to be some sort of <coughs> consequence for, for, the, uh, for the indiscretion there. But look, effectively, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word cheated, but effectively, they bent the rules and they didn't win. The only impact of them bending the rules is within that game itself. I don't know if I'm too keen on them losing two uh, points. No, other teams have bent the rules and it's cost them points. Yeah, but I I know that, but I don't think... Look, to be honest with you, how much of an advantage did they gain? I know that's not the way to look at it. They they bent the rules in the game and they still couldn't win. That's, that's sort of what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I think, I, I, look, I'll be honest with you, in a fortnight, I reckon everyone forgets about it. A part of me thought he, he'd roll the dice and it failed. It's easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission, isn't it? Yeah. That's what he's done. Anyway, I don't know. I'll, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think I think we'll forget about it in a couple of weeks. Maybe we won't, but that, that, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't know. I, I do agree. Much. It will not have a huge impact on my life going forward. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, look, we'll see, we'll see how we go. I don't think it's going to be a massive... But it's on this podcast... It is. It's recorded. So it's going to be there. It's been in years to come when we look back and oh, think, well, what's happening back in round 15 of <laughs> 2021? Oh, that happened. That's right. When we make it big and everyone says, I remember when I was listening to them then. Yeah. <laughs> look, I tell you what, in Reykjavik, Iceland, they're going to be worried about this because this concerns the Raiders. Yep. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be saying, well, what's just, what's going on there? Yep. You know, we didn't send these boats out all that far for someone to stuff things up like that. Exactly. Bring in Ragnar. Yep. Ragnar yep. wouldn't have done that. No, nah, definitely. Maybe uh, Ivor. Ivor, you know, he was a bit of a loose cannon. But yeah, not I'll, Ragnar. I'll, I'll tell you what, I would have had a beer with... Or Bjorn. Bjorn yeah, Ironside wouldn't have done that. No, nah, he's, he's a good bloke. <laughs> I'd, I'd want him leading. Look and 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 look. They they gave us the Viking clap at the moment. It's Viking crap. They yeah, are fair struggling all round. Um, yeah, jeez. 
yeah, the sons of Ragnar went through all that for this. Who yep. thought? Anyway, um, look, I'll tell you something that isn't crap, and that's Griffo's grab. I say we uh, we we see what's happening in the uh, world of rugby league on a positive side, and we'll have a have a chat about what grabbed your eye. <laughs> for us this week we'll your eye all right well i'll get straight to the point i was uh my eye was grabbed friday night oh, actually nathan cleary he's the man um you know you can argue that it, it wasn't the performance of the weekend that tommy turbo was and he, and, and you you probably win that argument but i was at the game live and the performance that Nathan Cleary put on, he absolutely strangled the Roosters. Um, <coughs> his kicking game, the repeat sets of six, just constantly had the Roosters on the back foot. He went down for a few try assists, but there were other tries that he was the main uh, protagonist. He just didn't get uh, the cry assistors and didn't throw the final pass. But he was the one that changed the direction of the attack. Um, he, a lot of, a lot of people came out and say that that was his best performance. Um, and he's had lots of really good ones, but he was, he was dynamic. He just controlled that game like a puppet master. And uh, he had a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a one-man ban, but he made 165 running meters as a halfback. Hmm. He, uh, he had two try assists. As I said, he had a hand in, in more than two tries. Um, so that number, I think, doesn't is not an accurate reflection because... He had a big hand in, in uh, several Panthers tries. He was breaking tackles. Um, the kicking game, as I said, it just strangled the Roosters. And, um, you know, he, he scored a try himself um, off his own bomb. If someone batted it back and, and would have got the try assist probably for that. But uh, he was just outstanding. And if he can continue that sort of form, you know, it's going to be tough to beat the Panthers. Um, so he's uh, he's the person that caught my eye most. There were there were plenty of others who did as well. Uh, Tommy Turbo was just, well, he was amazing um, in, in how he, like he should have been charged with murder. He, he murdered 17 Titans um, up at the Gold Coast. The try-saving tackles from um, Coates from the Broncos, in probably the only highlight of their game, was mm. was his was on Gagai. Was that who he? That's right. Was? Yeah, good tackle. That was probably just about yeah. the tackle of the year. You had the effort of of um, uh, the Braley, the Newcastle version of Braley. I don't know which one it is, Jaden. I think. 
um, he he ran down. Um, I can't remember who it was, but it was almost as good as Colts tackle. Uh, it might have been Reese Walsh. Did that is that who they played? I don't know, but he he ran someone down. Um, along the same, uh, but not anywhere near as spectacular. When the Roosters were up and and could have gone further ahead, uh, Charlie Staines chopped down Tupo's legs. Mm. Uh, the Roosters have scored there. We might be looking at a completely different result. Um, so there is so many things that grab the eyes in the NRL. There's been a lot of talk about blowouts being bad and whatnot, but there is outstanding rugby league that's been They're good played. to watch, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. It's absolutely exciting that the best are so good in what they do. And I heard a call the other night from someone who, who's, who I don't normally agree with, and I didn't agree with this, from Paul Crawley, mm. suggesting we go back to the, uh, because of these blowouts, we go back to the score of kicks off like they did in Super League. No, uh, no, no wait, that's, that's rubbish. Jeez. Get better. Yeah, that, that's... Junk. Get better. We're not, don't we're not... change the rules because 10 yeah. teams are junk. Ten teams of junk get better. I like that's the junk. fact they're starting to use junk. That's well, all we need. You, you called it right, Shane. There are ten junk teams there. We've got the ten moment. teams we've got to put in the carpool rugby league boot. We need the Recycle junk in the trunk. Them. Recycle them. Get sustainable, those ten teams. Recycle. Is he as good Recycle. as Recycle? <laughs> <laughs> He's in one of those teams. Look, I'm going to go back to what you said initially because your grab was Nathan Cleary, Griffo. The bloke's 23 years old. Um, I know... I, I'm, I don't want to ask you fellas to look into your crystal ball and tell me, you know, is he going to be the best? At, I just want to know, given what we've seen, the fact he's 23 and the impact he's had on the game, where does he sit, even at this young age, in regards to some of the best players ever? Because I really feel like... He he could be very well as good as we we, we see. He's got that potential. He's, he's very good. To, he's, he's very good. A couple of things, Graham. He's he's absolutely at the win a comp. He got win a comp, and he's got lead the Blues to victory. Now he has been in uh, Blues teams that have taken out the title no one is going to say that he sort of led him to victory. He did lead him to victory last year in game two, but they didn't win the series. Um, if they win this series, and, and he was really good up in uh, Townsville. Phenomenal. But the stars were in the centers. They were, they were you know, um, Latrell and Tommy Turbo. Cleary was pretty close behind him. Um, but they, they were the ones that, you know, uh, got most of the and rightly so because they were outstanding they got most of the publicity but Cleary was outstanding as well um, if he leads the no he's not he's got the, the C next to his name vice captain Still he leads him to victory 
yeah. um, then we can start to talk that. I mean, and he's I still, th- as you said, he's only 23. He, um, he could play for another 10 years. Can well, I, can I, uh, can I say something that really frustrates me? Is that is that we talk about um, we talk about him, and you know, and we talk about oh, you know, how is he is he one of the best? Is he one of this or one? He is Nate. He is Nathan Cleary. He is doing his thing. He's an exceptional rugby league player. I don't see how at twenty three, we've got to start saying oh. You know he's one. Like I heard, I read someone like there was a poll. Who's the better? Who's the best Penrith halfback of all time? And it's like, how can you even begin to ask that? Like you know, in, in the hope that everyone votes for Nathan Cleary. Like you know, obviously no one saw 1985 and the fifth place playoff where Greg Alexander got Penrith a, a Penrith side that had no right to get there get through. And, and it's like. I think I would love to see players, and I know I'm in the minority here and I'm probably ranting now. I just love to see players ranked on their raw own ability. And when I look at Nathan Cleary's raw own ability, he is a brilliant rugby league player. I don't want to start comparing him to other halfbacks. I don't want to start comparing him to other Penrith halfbacks. I want to talk about the here and now and how good he is now. All right, he's let's talk best, about the here the and now. He's the best number seven. He's, he's the best number seven right yeah, now. He yes. is the best number seven he's right now. He's the here outstanding. Here's the here and now. You're going to hate this, Shane. I'm going to throw it at you. We've mm-hmm. talked on this podcast about James Tedesco mm-hmm. being the best player in the rugby league. There have been yeah. comments this week that Tom Trebojevic could be rivaling him. Mm-hmm. I think Nathan Cleary's in that discussion. Can I say something? Do it. On this year and raw ability and the ability to change games and influence games and to be the best player in the rugby league, you do it on your own merits. Nathan Cleary has it. Is it fair to say that Cleary's the most influential player? Yeah, he's the best player in the NRL right now. Right now, he is. It is him. Now, as a a Penrith fan, Griffo, you probably don't want to hear those things said about a bloke like Cleary. You just want to focus on their game. But um, basically what we're doing, we've got to give this young bloke a lot of credit. Oh, absolutely. Um, He's gone through the highs and the lows. And the moment he's he's on the crest of a wave. And um, if Sunday night the Blues win... And he's a big part of it, which I expect will be the case. Um, his stocks rise. Uh, and if Penrith win this competition this year, his stocks rise further. Then you can start to have those discussions about where he sits. But um, what, what we can say confidently is the best number seven at the moment. Yep. And I dare say he's the best number seven by a long way. Yep. Tommy Turbo is a more talented game breaker. Tommy Turbo has, you know, he's triple X factor. Um, Cleary, he strangled the Roosters last week. And that's what he can do to teams. It's, it's not just about 
last week, I always say, when people ask me who's the best player in the competition, I say this, you're, you're creating a team and you've got one player and you've got to start with one and then you can build the team around that player. For years, it's been, for a couple of years, it's been Tedesco. Was Smith? Cameron Smith, yes. Right now, if I had to say you got one player, that's it. Yep, yep. You choose one, and that's yep. your team you're building around. Nathan Cleary's the guy. He's my guy. And, yeah. and you know yep. what? Tedesco yep, is very, um, sorry, uh, Trebojevic is very close. Oh, Whatever yeah. that guy's... He's the second block. He's the second block. Oh, Whatever that guy's oh. influence is around his team at Manly, he obviously has an aura and you know, or, or he has an aura or something, a presence about him. He's able to lift He's influential as well. Which means it's beyond it's beyond playing. He's got the he's got the motive behind him. I think and, and he can, he can talk. He must be able to talk and influence players. Yep. I just that's when people say who's the best player for you, it's got nothing to do with statistics. For me, it's about saying you're going to create a football team. You got one. Who's that one? Yeah. I think. So, um, for another yeah. another podcast down the track, maybe uh, another special edition. Maybe, maybe a special edition. I think maybe that's what we could do. We could pick our dream team. I don't mean you know not one of these ones where you earn points and whatnot. Is that if that's no, what no, they're no, called? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who is the best possible team you could run out? One to seven. Only yeah, from yeah. only or, well. Yeah, one to thirteen to concentrate yeah. on, and then, yeah. And then yeah, sure, fill fill a bench, but but no salary only, cap. Only from the NRL. I have a I have a feeling that a lot of the players currently that would be in that squad, um, may may live very close to the Nepean River. <laughs> well, they're all in the top four. <laughs> they're phenomenal. They? They're all in the top four. You'd have a few there. Yeah, you're all in the top four. You would, and and you look at it. You see, the, you'd have some Melbourne teams. guys as well. Right, right, you know, yeah. true. Well, well, could you imagine right. the Munster Cleary halves? It'd be tough to beat. Gee whiz! Tough to, and there'd be some players playing out of position too, like, um, like Latrell would be in the centres. Um, but anyway, Turbo think, might be as well. I mean, you try. Well, fit... maybe, maybe he's number one. I, if I'd we have do it, Turbo will leave Tedesco yeah. out then. Yeah, that's uh, as I said. Maybe <laughs> when Huge. when we you know when we're struggling for a bit of content. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look out for which a doesn't November, happen doesn't November happen during the season because every week it's <laughs> it, it's absolutely uh, it's a soap opera. The NRL. It is. Um, so there's always plenty to talk about, but I think you know in our off season when we do our off season uh, specials, we come up with uh, what we see as our best team of like the NRL. It. I like it, and we're really going from the highs of the NRL to the lows. Like any good soap opera, we've got the positives, we've got the drama, and we also have a little bit of trash, which brings us to Graham's gaff. Okay, well, Bulldogs fans, you are in the winner's circle last week, and whilst you didn't get the points in the NRL this week, 
You are in the winner's circle because you are the winners of Graham's Gaff this week. Now, in particular, there is one passage of play which is a genuine uh, old-school style gaff. This is where the gaff was created, the silly things that happened on the field. Um, now, you boys might remember this. It, it was the, the play that led to the penalty try for the mm. Parasite. Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses. Moses. Now, try. it was just a horror you know, five or ten seconds for the Bulldogs. Um, I think it was Avarillo through the pass. Wasn't that the quickest penalty try? Like it was like, yeah. Oh mate, I'm look, I'm just I'm just going to look at two bits of footage just just to keep everyone happy. But it's if yeah. you if you fair to you, you had a you had the the Bulldogs had the ball. You could have gone to get a drink and come back, and there was a try for the other team, and it wasn't even really an intercept. Uh, we had. The Bulldogs playing the ball, the pass going to, I think it was Avarillo, passed it to Napa. Um, unfortunately, Dylan Napa didn't realise the ball was coming at him. He's literally, it's just bounced off him. He hasn't even played the ball, it's just bounced off him. Uh, long story short, um, the ball's been towed through. And not only to have the gaff of a forward just not realising he's an option in the uh, the modern game. He just got um, in the way. He got in the mm. way. That happens, but um, look, you always got to you got to understand we're options these days, not decoys. That's how they like to 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 coach the young fellas. Um, the Bulldogs, I will give them one bit of credit. Look, sometimes we we have a golden for missing tackles. One tackle they didn't miss was uh, was on the weekend. Unfortunately, the gentleman that was tackled didn't have the ball, and it led to the penalty try. The whole thing was just a shambles. Um, Bit of debate over whether it was a penalty try or not. I don't know what you guys thought. Um, yes, it was. Look, look I, I thought there was a little bit of doubt, to be honest, because it, it was over. It was like fifteen meters out. Like, I, I, I don't think it was a clanger, but you understand the debate. There was a little bit of doubt. Yeah, probably Moses gets there first, but. You don't know, you know, where he's going to get the ball. You don't know if he's good. because it was so far out. You know, Did if we... it was five meters out, yeah. But no probability, yes, he scores with those plays. Look, effectively, he was given the penalty try because he was in front of every defender. So the assumption from the the video referee was: look, there were no defenders there. He would likely get to the ball first. He'd likely, likely. got yeah. And this is where it's likely. If that if happens, only if that happens that, on the thirty, it, it's probably not a penalty try. They start saying, "Well, he was likely to get run down." I don't, I don't want to open up a can of worms and discuss penalty tries. What's not a penalty You're not try? Going is a penalty, it's a penalty try. try. Um, and, and given the current rules and what we've seen, it is a penalty try. I don't know. The it's only, the ones, only question it? you've got—it's the only sport where you is can't that the ball. And you get the points for saying, oh, he yeah, probably would have scored. The ball the ball stopped just before the line. So the only question you've got is what would he have done when he got to the ball? He could have dropped it. Exactly. Now, now could have, should have, would have. You know yeah, what? He was going to win the race by a country mile. Probability. Denied yes. that. Probability. I think this is exactly why this rule was put in place. I thought it was executed perfectly. I thought it was good to see. This is why we had the penalty try. I thought this was one that was on point. Do you know what I find interesting, though? Just the concept of a penalty try. It's something we haven't discussed before. 
I can't think of another sport where if there's a foul committed and there's the likelihood of a point being scored that they give that point. They don't and give it, but they give you... They, they give do. You a, they give you... Oh, no, no I'm sorry. You get the try. You do, what I'm saying is the other the other players don't... The other sports don't give it. You're right. They don't give it. That's what it's I mean. Very, it's very, but very what rare. what I was saying was... And because was you that, can't... What I was saying was, was that, yeah, you're right. They yeah. don't give it. But they give you a very, very open shot to that. You're thinking about the penalty. Think about the penalty in soccer or, or football. Think about what happens in ice hockey. Think about what happens in hockey with a penalty corner, with the way you can use your defence. It's basically a gimme and it's up to a goalkeeper to stop it. We don't have goalkeepers. I think that... I actually think this is one area where the penalty try was perfect. Are we happy with these penalty tries? The the current NRL rule, yeah. I don't, just just very quickly, are we happy with the fact that if the penalty try is awarded that there's no sim bin? Because I know sometimes fans will argue, well, look, I reckon we could score a couple of tries with a man yeah. down. What they're saying uh, is that's, we have the, the, that's the penalty, but, isn't it? But but if I, someone's I committed like a professional it. foul, yeah, I don't. On like the it. weekend, would you have had an issue if the NRL said, no. "Look, it's part of our crackdown. Harry get the try, and you get yeah. ten. Go, go. Because you know, is what that you too want? much advantage to the to to I para? think it is. I think you know you've given the try already. Um, the alternative is you think, well, you know, okay, well, if he's off for ten minutes, they could score two or three tries. If, if you're going to do that, then, it's all then you, just get, you get rid of the penalty try rule yeah. altogether. But Possession. I don't think I don't yeah. think you can go the double whammy and and give the try and give the ten minutes. One right, the this other. is where five. This is where five or a yellow card playoff. That this is where we need that kind of next level type thing. Mm. Look, I think penalty tries are a good thing. I think in our game, we're, we're unique in that regard. Um, we forget the rugby also have had an option of this as well. So I, I just I just look at this type of thing and I go, well, look, you know, if I stop a guy from scoring a try and, 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 and I can get 10 in the bin and I know my defence is up to it, well, then that's... That's something worthwhile exploring. I, I thought this was a clanger. I just thought that this was an absolute clanger, Griff. I, for me, this was a clear-cut one. For the first time in the NRL, we've seen a clear-cut one. And I oh, thought, it's about I'm time. I'm not arguing that, but yeah. I, do think, I do think there was an element of doubt. Mm, but, 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 like, this is, this is the problem with... Is, is the element of doubt because of... The, the element of doubt is because of the shape yeah. of a rugby league ball. Yeah, that's right. And it wasn't yeah. as though... It wasn't as though all he had to do was the ball sitting on the ground in the in goal. Yeah. He's got to just put a hand on it. He had to He had to get possession of the ball, clean it cleanly and get it over. So I do believe the probability was that, yes, he scores a try. So I'm not saying it wasn't to try it's more likely but, than not yeah but i'm saying i've seen a lot more or the 
you know, a, a lay down Mizer's 10 penalty try more so than that one. But I, I'm happy yeah. enough for that one to be called a penalty try. Yeah, it's really hard. We assume a lot, but, you know, he was denied the opportunity and that's the way that rugby league is, uh, is uh, refereed. So, look, it's another debate for another day, but it is one that, um, look... Not really. I thought that was the brilliant. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm one of those odd people that, you know... We, we accept the penalty try because it's always been there, but I don't know if we've ever talked about the fact that um, we give tries when you don't score them. They're hard enough to score. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I mean, we saw one a couple of weeks ago where Robert Jennings um, collected, uh, I think it might have been um, Lay Lua, not the BJ, um, whatever his brother's name is, Luciano. Yeah, yeah. Put him in the head. Luciano drops the ball and penalty tries. Yes. And I thought, you know, that's fair enough too. Yeah, because if he doesn't, yeah. doesn't get whacked in the head, he scores. Even that's, though I think yeah. he still collected the ball first. But yes, yeah. I, I couldn't argue against that. Mm. It's an interesting... Jamie, uh, I, I was yeah. at that game. I, I was there with my father, not far from where it happened. And as soon as it happened, I said, this will be a penalty try. And it was 100% right. 100% right. Yeah. Is that the first grand final at the uh, Olympic Stadium? I think it was. It was the Dragons the Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm. First one Melbourne. really turned the game. That was the game where Anthony, the man, Mondine, decided he was going to score a try, didn't pass the ball, and history will show that had he passed that ball, it would have been an insurmountable lead for the Dragons yeah, and the Melbourne Storm would difficult. not have been crowned premiers. It was also that famous try, I think, to Nathan Blacklock that day. It was. It scored mm. the great try, but Very it good. wasn't enough, as no. turned out. Wasn't enough. No, I'll history tell you what, shows. History That's does up. show. You can't, you can't argue with history. No, you can't argue with history. And what history has shown us that, is that, uh, well, state of origin is the biggest part of the year. The three biggest games of the year bar the grand final. I mean, the grand final is huge, but State of Origin is on the next level. So I think it it's is. time for us to have a bit of a chat about State of Origin. And uh, it's all going to kick off this Sunday. All right. Well, there's the whistle. There's the kickoff. Origin is upon us. Um, we do have uh, the two Origin teams have been named. Um, the game. We're doing happening. girls or boys first. We're going. Right? Let's do the fellas first. We'll talk about the fellas, and then we'll talk about the women's game to to finish off. Okay. Because um, I Let's think get my notes ready. Sorry, no, mate. get your notes ready because do you know why? I know that we've got the um, well, if we were to do them in order, it would be going the female one and the male one. But do you know what? We're progressive here. Usually, it's like a boxing card, or if you're a professional wrestling fan like me, the biggest match goes on last. We're going to give the the female um state of origin that main event spot tonight so we'll have a chat about that one after the men's game and we'll leave the uh the female one to last because it is a one-off it is it is special and uh, i think it deserves to be the main event tonight in regards to the men's game uh we do have a few changes uh to the sides just really summing it up if we look at specifically ins and outs uh for the new south wales side 
The the out is uh, Jake Trebojevic. That's the big news for New South Wales. Uh, Jake Trebojevic will not be taking part in this game. That really made that decision that we were talking about in the lead-up in regards to whether or not Angus Crichton will come in, if Liam Martin might be the one to make way. Um, it, it basically made it a clean-cut decision that Jake Trebojevic would miss out um, due to his unavailability. Angus Crichton's in. Uh the other team news to really think about with the Blues, um, we know in game one we had Coruscant and Campbell Graham as the um, reserves, if you like, the 18th, 19th men. Uh, the 20th man in the first game was Kalai Matangi. Uh, the 20th man this side for the New South Wales team, uh, Dale Finucane gets that, uh, that honour. He's a player that's been there before. <coughs> Unlikely to, um, to feature... But uh, he is in the squad. I was hearing late this afternoon, though, um, a lot of talk about Jack White. And I don't know if you fellas have heard this through your contacts, yeah. but um, yeah. there's been some talk with Jack White. And from what I've been told, uh, is it that he and his uh, his partner are expecting a child, and mm-hmm. um, there is the possibility that Jack White, and rightly so, is going to prioritise the birth of his child. Uh, he will not be there. Version. He's I'm, not going to be there? No, so I'm getting is he is not going to be there. So the real talk then in regards to the, the New South Wales side might be who comes in. I'll run through the New South Wales side before I get your thoughts, fellas, because there might be a late change. Um, so at fullback, we've got James Tedesco. The wingers are Brian To'o and Josh Adokar with Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic, yet again uh, combining in the centres for that dynamic uh duo, I suppose we want to say, from that first game. Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, yet another dynamic duo, will make up the halves. Siafidi and Paulo are up front in the prop position with Damian Cook at hooker. Cam Murray and Tarek Sims are in the back row with Isaiah Yo at lock. The bench, as they're named, is Jack White and Angus Crichton, Payne Haas, Liam Martin, and as I said, Coruscant, Campbell Graham and Finucane are the reserves. So I want to ask you, fellas... Um, I'll get your thoughts, Griffo, in regards to the Whiten situation. I know we're talking hypothetically, but Shane's usually pretty good in regards to his mail. If Whiten's not there, uh, who comes into the side and how does that change the uh, the makeup of this New South Wales team? Yeah, I'm going for Dale Finucane. If, he's, if there's no Whiten. Yep. Um, it does limit somewhat your options well not somewhat it limits considerably your options should you get an injury in the back line um but you've got i say yo who has had experience in the centers you could play cameron murray in the centers if need be yeah i think that's the way to go if they had to so um you look at the other options. If you put Campbell Graham as you, uh, you know, to replace Whiten, um, yeah, uh, you've covered your outside backs. But if Cleary or Luai goes down, you know he's not going to be able to play in the halves anyway. But to be honest, if Cleary or Luai does go down, you've got some problems there. Um, Probably Latrell comes in to, to five eight, but mm. um, you can't really you you can't cover every position on the bench. Um, 
with Whiten there, the only position really that's not covered on the bench is 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 if there was an injury to Damian Cook. Mm. Um, so then, you know, do you look at Apisai Corisau? He realistically he can only cover Hooker, although probably he could cover the Harbs as well. But I uh, I don't think you know. I just think Finucane is is a guy that you want playing at Suncorp. It's going to be a lot tougher than it was in Townsville. He's a tough player. Um, I personally would would choose Dale Finucane. What about you, Shane? Yeah, I'm with you, Griff. I think Alpha Newton will come into that role. Um, they've got plenty to cover. Uh, any of the halves go down. Latron Mitchell has has done that before. Um, if 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 there is an issue with Hooker, you got Murray that, that can step into that. He's done that before. You've also got Isaiah if he needs to. In the centres again, Murray. You've got you've got so many options. You've got a plethora of options there. Uh, for Nukin, probably seems like the no-brainer uh, decision a- and one that's going to provide far more options. What I, do you I, think, Grant? I agree with you guys. I think Finucane's the one to come in. Um, and, and, and look, we are very used to this utility on the bench with White, and we've got to also understand the first factor, the amount of minutes he played in that first one. Um, realistically... The, the forwards are enough are fit enough to have a three bench rotation. But I think having that extra forward there is going to be yeah. be handy. I think that especially at Suncorp when you're looking for that that middle battle that's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tight game. I think the, the Queensland forwards are gonna lift for this one. I think Fanukin's gonna help out there. But also too, we mentioned some of those back rowers like Murray and Isaiah Yo. They can fit in the back line. So hypothetically if you have a you know, an injury in the back line. You know, you've got, say, Latrell Mitchell could go into the halves. You've got a Cam Murray could go into the centres. Um, if the injury's at fullback, you've got plenty of fullbacks there to go back. I think they've got a lot of positions covered here. And even with Hooker, um, I do think that there's a few players in the side that could come in and play that Hooker position. Um, you know, not ideal. That's probably the one, but... But realistically, um, you, you you really don't want to pick that narrow with with Coruscant. I mean, I mean, Latrell Mitchell played hooker the other day for South for a little bit. It's just you know that they, they I think they'll be able to manage. Should there be an injury with Fanukan on the bench, and I actually think out of those players on the bench, he's um, he's the player that's most suited to this Origin team. Yep. Yeah. So in regards to the Queensland side, um, we do have a few changes there. Just just directly, if we're looking at ins and outs, um, on the list for the outs, there's a couple of big names on this list. Probably the biggest one is Harry Grant. I think that's going to be yes. the biggest uh, impact for them. AJ Brimson's also on the outs list, as too is Jaden Sewer, Offa Hengawi and Xavier Coates. Um, overall, in regards to the squad, McCulloch comes in, Hess, Molo, uh Josh Papali, he's a he's a given. We knew he was going to come in. Uh, even here on the podcast, we've been talking about Reese Walsh. Uh, he's getting his chance, and also uh, one of our favourites, uh, Ronaldo. Um, so, 
Look, you know, if we go through the side from uh, through, we'll, I'll go through the one to seventeen. Um, we've got Reese Walsh at fullback. Uh, given his inexperience, it'll be very interesting to see how he uh, goes on the big stage of Origin. Uh, wish him all the best, but it's a big test for him. That puts Val Holmes and Cole Felt on the wings with Capewell and Gagai in the centres. Munster and Cherry Aarons, as you could, sorry, as you would expect, would be the halves. Uh, Welsh and uh, Josh Papali'i are up front with Andrew McCulloch at hooker. Dry Arrow and Felice Kafusi in the second row with Big Tino at lock. Hunt, Fatueka, Fafita and Molo are the interchange bench. Has, uh, Cohen Hess and um, uh, Ronaldo are going to be on that reserves list. So if we expect the Maroons to be 1-17... to 17, a uh, couple of changes there. I think a big position that I want to talk about, guys. This hooker position. Andrew McCulloch's there. Ben Hunt's on the interchange bench. Um, I think the only people excited by that might be St. George fans because they might get to see their players this weekend. I, I worry about Queensland if I was someone who lived north of the border. Uh, I think that's a weak position for them and something that... Um, that, that may be tough for them to 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 cover in this game. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, the irony of this uh, situation we've talked about previously when they sent Reed Marnie home from camp origin in the game one. He comes home, he plays when he wouldn't have otherwise, he gets injured and it's biting him in the backside now. Because he would have been the number nine for sure and certain. Yeah. Um, so that's their own fault. Um, McCulloch's had a good year with the Dragons. He's a very good defender in the middle. We're not going to create too much. Um, it's a huge loss. And, and I've been listening to a number of people come out and say this is a better team than game one. I'm not cons- I'm not convinced that it is. Um, I-, I do believe it's the best team they can pick at the moment. But when you've lost Harry Grant and you're bringing in Andrew McCulloch, there's a class gap there. And I know that New South Wales <coughs> would much rather, much rather Andrew McCulloch be the dummy half for the Maroons than Harry Grant. <clears throat> Harry Grant has the potential and has, in fact, last year, tore the Blues apart. Mm. Andrew McCulloch, if he plays to the best of his ability, he's going to have a, a very good game, but he is not going to tear the Blues apart. No. He's a good defender and he's a bit of an organiser. He's, I guess, you know, he's, he's you know, to, to his credit, he's had a good year, but He's not someone you're going to be worried about on the opposition. No, I agree. I, 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 I look at this Queensland side, and you know, like as a Blues fan, you go, oh, "Where's it coming from? Like, where's where's the level up?" But yeah, like if you if you look at it with your head and take your heart out of it, you just go. They're really depleted, and there, there's some significant issues in this Queensland side. I, 
I agree with everything you say, Griff. Um, yeah, I just I just struggle to see where the go forward is with Queensland this year, Gray. Yeah, like as a New South Welshman, I look at that uh, that Queensland team and I, it, it excites me uh, because the, the, I think um, I think New South Wales have them across the park, and it, it's not something we're used to saying. It, it's a very it, I'm I'm calling it. It's a weak maroon side. One of the things I always say, um, Graham, is is look is is when you look at the opposite number. Where's the win? Like, like you know, like when, yeah, when, when you go like when, for like, yeah, you know, when you go like for like, or, no, we'll use the bunnies. When the bunnies play in opposition, I go, okay, number one, have we got it? Number two, have we got it? Number three, you know, that's the first. And even when you're picking, even when you're picking games, you sort of go, okay. I just look at the blues and I just go, they got them across the park at the moment. Yeah, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I just look I at it and I go. I just can't see an area where one to thirteen definitely they just don't win. Yep. I, no, I agree. I think it if Queensland win this game, <coughs> come a monster is the man of the match. Yeah. Because to me, yeah. he's the only guy I look at and think yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair you cool. know, he can he can do the job and get him home, get him enough points. Yeah. Um, Reese Walsh is the controversial selection. And, would you have uh, picked him? If he was getting picked for the Blues, would you have picked him? I, I don't think they've got a better option, Shane, at the moment. Yeah, fair With call. the injuries to Ponga and also AJ Brimson. Yeah. He's um, better than Holmes. It's yeah, Holmes. Holmes, Holmes uh, he. he it was a non-event in that first game at fullback. Yeah. I think you even I, asked seriously if you played. in the post-game, yeah. and I was trying to think. I think I mentioned to Graham. You did I said, did he did he play? Yeah, and I I didn't mean it as a joke. Nah. I did. Nah, he was like, in my eye. He's yep. the fullback, and 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 I couldn't even remember him taking part in the game. Yeah. Um. Kurt Capewell is a good player, but he has he's a second rower who's a fill-in in the centres. I was a little surprised they didn't go for Will Chambers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of him. That's a um, but I mean Capewell, he scored their only try in game one. He beat Tommy Turbo. I know. T- you know, Tommy Turbo had a pretty much a knockout victory, but Capewell did go past Tommy Turbo to score. <coughs> um, he's a really good attacking player, Kurt Capewell, but he can miss a one-on-one, and I, I've seen it with the Panthers. Mm. Um, and, and, good defender over, overall, but mm. one-on-one, um, he can he can make a mistake. That lead, you know, leads to a try. So, and we saw that in game one. Gagai, we know he's an origin specialist. He was outstanding last year. He's been outstanding on the wing for the Maroons, but, you know, he didn't have a real good game in the first one. Kyle Felt, I thought, um, 
I didn't think he played too well in that first game, made some mistakes. I probably would have went for Ronaldo um, to the with this game. <coughs> Yeah, the halves it, pick themselves, and, yeah. and I guess the forwards as well pretty much pick themselves. It's a good forward pack. Don't get me wrong. Christian Welch, he's he's a big part of this. He got injured, um, and he's been the nemesis of Nathan Cleary in big games over the last year, including the grand final. Um, and, and the game where, where New South Wales romped in in game two last year, he was not in that game. So... If Queensland uh, don't have Christian Welch, they suffer. But he's there. Papali's there. And there's a lot being made about Papali coming back. But he's been sadly out of form this year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he can turn that around in, a, in Maroon's jersey, you, you think he probably can. Um, Arrow comes in. He, we know he's quality. Kafusi is a consistent player who's, who's you know always been good in, in the Maroon jersey. Big Tino was outstanding last year. He was very early in the season. He was outstanding. He's tapered off a little bit in the last month or so. Um, Fafita's a weapon off the bench if it's, you know, it's switched on Fafita, uh, as we saw in the first half, but then he goes missing. Um, Mo Fotowaka was their best in game one. Francis Molo, you know, he's... He's a first grader. Whether he's an origin player, we find out next week. And I think Ben Hunt is a good selection as a number 14 because he does give you a lot of options um, that he can cover the hooker, he can cover the halves, he can play as a 13 as well. So he's the ideal bench man. Um, I, I, I think it is just about the best team they can, can pick. I probably would have went for the two Sharks guys um, Chambers and Mulitalo yeah. um, at the expense mm. of Carl Felt, and I would have put Kurt Capewell on the bench and probably, well, definitely at the expense of Francis Molo. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is interesting. Like, as we said, it's almost like they've, you know, I'm not going to say it's a makeshift side because they've chosen it, but, you know, it's not Capewell's position. Um, it just feels like they're just trying to piece something together and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like Queensland. We are so used to Queensland sides just picking themselves. And I feel like now we've got a New South Wales side that just picks itself. And that's why I'm super confident that New South Wales will get the job done because we've got confidence in the players that are there. Yeah. Yeah. But I will, I will say this boys, we were saying the same thing about seven, <clears throat> eight months ago when, yeah. Yeah, and that was an absolute yeah. cluster. Yeah. The big difference here is we've got Luttrell and Tommy Turbo, which we did not have last year. Yep. Um, so while every part of me says the Blues win, um, I don't write off the Maroons at Stonecorp Stadium, where, as I mentioned earlier, Brad Fittler is old from four, I believe, as a coach. Yeah. Um, it's a big start. It's, it's, yeah, it is, but it's also a big incentive. Mm. Um, I just think we've got the better players. Yeah. And, and I do think we win. And There's a bit um, of class there. Yeah. The, the, again, as through the media, it hypes it up. 
and and blue supporters, you know, there's talk of this backline, the best backline ever fielded in a blues a set of jerseys. And it's quite possible they are, but they're not yet. We're talking about one game where they were magnificent, but you've got to back it up. And if they, you know, if they win this series 3-0, then I think they can rightly be called the best Blues backline that we've seen. But they're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, okay, Shana. Um, who wins and why? New South Wales. Uh, they've, look, every reason why Griffo just said then, uh, they've got too much class across the park. Um. They're a much more controlled side. I think the halves are just going to control the game. They're one, their spine right through the 13 is highly accomplished. Their bench has, I think, has more control in them. They're going to control the game. That's what that's what Queensland used to do to New South Wales. You know, when you said, oh, the Blues are going to win. And, and all of a sudden, Queensland, Queensland will control the game. I just can't see Queensland controlling the game like that. So I've got the Blues winning. Um, Suncorp, you, you just never know by how much. But I, I think I really, when I look at the Blues, I just think that they're going to control the game. They're going to they're going to control the ruck. They're going to slow the play the balls down. They're just going to be clinical as long as they hold the ball and minimise the errors. They've got it. So it's Blues for mine and. It's probably going to be in the order of about um, uh, 28-12. Yeah, well, okay, 28-12. Shano's got the Blues beating the Maroons. Um, Griffo, we always do a pick the score in our local tipping comp for the State of Origin. Have you had a think about what your margin's going to be this week and your exact score? No, I haven't, score? haven't yet, to be honest. Um I, I think it's definitely going to be a lot closer than it was up in Townsville. I, I did think the Blues would win that night, but I think uh, I was thinking, of, I think I might have had about 16 point difference or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of went, I thought, <coughs> I thought it was a little bit conservative because that to prove themselves up in Queensland. Um, I want to say, you know, a big win, but I've got to just fine tune it down to, to, because we've said, said it before. We've seen it before we go in as a, as you know, a very heavily back favorite only to come home with, with, uh, with a big loss or, or a loss. Like last year, those games, we actually scored more points in the series, but the Queensland's game wins were on the scoreboard narrow, but don't matter. Don't matter. You know, it's not like four and against is going to get you the series. Um, two wins gets you the series. And if the Blues come away from, from Brisbane with two wins, I'm a happy man. Um, and then it's party time down in Sydney. <laughs> Um, so and we'll be there, um, we to, will, to yes. party. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not locking this in officially, 
But what's coming to mind is 30 points to 12 for the Blues. 30 points to 12. Yeah, I'll, I'll go some, I think I'm going to go 24-10. Um, Blues, obviously. I um, Yeah, I'm keen on the Blues for all the reasons we've discussed and also what we've seen in the first game. Uh, quite frankly, I think this is one of the most talented Blues teams we've seen, especially the back line in recent times. Um, I know we don't condone betting, but fellas, what do we think? The Maroons, good value at $4? $4 in a two-horse yeah. race. Yep. one twenty-five. Wow. the Blues are. At home. At home, yeah. they're $4. Yep. Sportsbet have $4 uh, for the Maroons, $1.25 for the Blues. See, that feeds right into what Queensland want. Yeah. They you know, they thrive. They thrive on that sort of stuff. Yeah, couple it's... of lucky calls. Few things go there. Where all of a sudden, they got field position. Position is everything in Origin, and yeah, before you know it. And historically yeah. and culturally, um, teams love being the underdog. Oh, absolutely. They do. Not necessarily they... all teams, but they do. Yeah, they they'll, they'll throw they wanted to take underdog state status when they had Thurston and Smith and Slater <laughs> yeah. in English. They wanted to say they were the underdogs then. At least they got a reason, yeah. They, uh, yeah, I don't know. God love them. Um, but yeah, look, it'll be it'll be good. And look, if the Blues get this win, I think it'll be massive. As you said, it'll be first uh, first win for Freddie Fittler up there. And I just uh, I really hope that. Um, Come Origin 3, the homecoming back in Sydney. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to go to that game with the uh, the trophy wrapped up. The neutral fans will want to see a, a one-all series, but uh, realistically, this Blues side should get the job done. Hmm. Look, Here's speak- to hope. Let's hope so. Well, look, as we said, we're going to um, have the main event of our podcast tonight, the one-off... Uh, State of Origin, the female State of Origin. This is a super special game. We, we're only getting one game uh, this year in regards to the Women's State of Origin. Um, I'll give you guys a little bit of a preview in regards to this uh, game. Uh, obviously, we have the um, the Blues taking on the Maroons. Uh, with the uh, team news, I've just been looking at the teams and, um, and sussing out what's been going on. Uh, there's a few really experienced forwards in Talisha Harden and uh, Rona Peters who are have been named 18th and 19th players this week. A lot of the talk is that they're really trying to, to push to be late inclusions and doing everything they can to uh, overcome possible injuries. Uh, for the Maroons... I reckon uh, they'll play. Yeah, I, I think with that experience it will help them. Uh, Maroons coach uh, Norris is set to make a call on... Um, the, uh, the fitness later on in the week. So we'll see how we go. So the Maroons are looking for a couple of players to come back there. Um, Norris, speaking of the coach, uh, has named five possible deputants for the clash. Um, you know, we've even got teenagers playing in this side. So um, uh, Raf Strand, Smith, uh, Brill, they've got their call-ups after strong form in the uh, national championship last month. Um, Ali Brigginshaw is going to play lock. We know that she was there last year. Uh, that allows uh, Aiken to start in the halves with uh, Tamara. So, 
Look, um, the Maroons, they've got a pretty settled back line. I think uh, one of the players I want to talk about there uh, in that back line is Upton. Um, I'm really looking forward to the battle that she's going to have with uh, Vede Walsh. So I think the, the fullback battle is going to be a big one to look at uh, in this game. Um, Upton scored a couple of tries last year, so I think that uh, Vede Walsh is going to really look to, to, to try and bounce back. Um, speaking of the Sky Blues side, which they are now known as, um, there is a bit of an inj- injury cloud over Vede Walsh. She's got a leg injury, so we'll see how she goes. Uh, she's been on light duties, as too has Millie Boyle, but um, look, they're both expected to play. Uh, Stunning returns in the halves alongside Baxter after missing last year's game. Um, you know, a lot of citing uh, form in regards to that. Uh, we do have some big names in this New South Wales team. Um, one of the bigger names is uh, Jess Surges. Uh, she's in the number three jersey after playing on the wing last year. I think getting her a bit closer to the game is going to be a big plus for the New South Wales side. Uh, New South Wales also have two uh, debutants with um, the extended squad. Uh, we do have, as we can see in the whole squad there, Charrington is looking like uh, she's going to get a spot on the interchange bench here. And um, Davis is also looking at their first origin appearance. We love this clash, fellas. It is one that we really look forward to. Um, we, we'd love the day where it's basically, um, you know, the curtain raiser to the origin. Really looking forward to the women's state of origin. Before we actually talk about, you know, who we think is going to win and the, the, the teams themselves, Shano, I just want to get your thoughts. I mean, both of you blokes, you, you're both fellas who are the, the dad to two daughters, um, I'll go to you, Shano. What what does mm. this game mean, not only to rugby league, but uh, female rugby league fans in representing our game? Look, I, I can't. I suppose I can't talk about female fans, but I, as a male fan, I, I love it. I When it was at New, North Sydney, I used to take the girls down. Um, we'd make it a family event. Wife and two kids would go down and, and watch the game. Female rugby league, uh, or women's rugby league needs to be supported in this country. It's it's something that is starting to grow. It's something that we're seeing flourish, and, and it needs to continue to do so. Uh, we're talking about being curtain raisers and whatnot. I, I just love it. I, I just think uh, women's rugby league in 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 New South Wales and in Australia needs to be uh, in its own right. No, if, if it is before if it is before a an origin event, then you know call it for what it is. Do all the paraphernalia before the game. Have the women's game, then have the men's game. Uh, put it as some sort of equal billing. I, I think that it's. I've loved the spectacle whenever I've gone to see it. The last couple of years we've had to watch it on telly. Um, I think it's bec- I think it's becoming the pinnacle of women's rugby league, um, as it is in men's. And I really do think that the NRL, ARL, uh, New South Wales rugby league, and Queensland rugby league are doing everything they can to make this an absolute um, premier game. I'm looking forward to this game because I think it's going to be one of the closest ones we've ever seen. But I, I, I look, I, I. I 
as someone who's taken my wife and daughter to this game and, and thoroughly enjoyed what, what it's produced uh, when it was at North Sydney, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see it. And I think it's, uh, it's very good that we still have it. And, and, and it's something that should be um, applauded. And with the growth of Women's Rugby League, um, you know, we talk about extra, extra teams. A lot of our, a lot of our um, NRL sides are actually expanding their Women's Rugby League this year, uh, next year, sorry, to include an under-19s competition um, aside from what we see as as women's rugby league as in, in as as the teams we see in the um, in the rugby league, which is going to expand to six. So mm. look, I think it's a good thing. I think it needs to grow. I, I pray for the day that I go watch a rugby league game and before it I see the women's rugby league game. Um and, and I see I see I see, you know, Penrith versus the Tigers, and, and, and there's and there's and there's enough players to fill those positions. So, look, um, it's a good thing for me. I, I just love it, and I can't praise it highly. And yeah, I, I I think it's a great step in the right direction. Yeah, and with this game, uh, to Griffo, um, <coughs> we're seeing it's a bit of a, a bit of a flip side to the men's. Uh, state of origin um the queensland women for mine should go into this one as favorites looking at the squads well they are the current champions um new south wales had held the trophy for uh i think since its inception as a as yeah. a state of origin yeah. concept um for decades when it was just queensland being new south wales not an origin I think Queensland won for about 17 years in a row or something. Now, obviously, they they had a much bigger um, investment at that time in, in rugby league for women in that state. And, and it's only been in the more recent years it's caught on in New South Wales. Um, I didn't see that game last year. I know I, there was a reason for that. I had something on that night and I couldn't... Uh, I remember getting home and uh, I just turn it on it was pretty much all over um, but I had seen the games in the previous few years and there's a lot of players from both sides who've been around for a while now at this level um, I remember maybe two or three years ago where the New South Wales, New South Wales backline just went uh, and did some, some amazing mm. things and most of those ladies are still in that backline the likes of Jess Sergis, Isabel mm. Kelly, Tiana Penitani. Um, Maddie Studden was, I think, the man, oh, sorry, the woman of the match um, in that game. The last one at North Sydney Oval, she lifted the trophy. Yeah, that's right. Um, she didn't play last year because of form, uh, but she's back. She had a point to prove. Um, I can't honestly say that I know enough um, about what's been happening in Women's Rugby League to say, you know, to give a, a great analysis. Um, I do want to see the, uh, the so-called Sky Blues um, win. I just think, uh, I think the Lady Blues might have been a better, better name, um, but maybe that would have been not seen well. I don't know. 
but I think you could have had the um, you know the the under twenty boys blues and it could have been the baby blues and the lady blues and the blues. <laughs> Um, as long as Queensland the boys had the blue. blues, yeah, or the, well, the police, yeah, well, the, it was it was a big thing, a police rugby league for, and I think it still is, but I know it was yeah. really good in the past, and and they certainly had their own uh, battles with Queensland, and when I say battles, they generally were an absolute bloodbath uh, um, when the boys in blue took on the boys in maroon, but uh, but yeah, you know, the lady blues, the baby blues, and the blues, um, yeah. But uh, as I said, as long as Queensland have the Blues after this game, I'll be very, very happy. Yeah. I, I think this is a game where when I look at the players on either side and and when you look at the Blues, they've sort of gone back, they've wound back the clock a bit. I really do think it's, it's actually the uh, New South Wales forwards versus the Queensland backs. And for either side, I, I think for the Blues, it's going to be what the forwards can do. And for the Maroons, it's going to be what the backs can do. And, and if the Maroons backs can produce some really good football, well, then, geez, they might just get the edge. And the same with the, the same with the Blues. If their forwards can get up on top, well, then all of a sudden we might see something. So I, I really think it's, it's quite an interesting, it's quite an interesting dynamic where, where one team has it in one area, the other team has it in another just what's going to happen. And if, 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 if as a team, one can just prevail, well, then they're, they're going to win. And it's, um, you know, in, in years gone by, it's, especially for the Blues, I, I remember they used to really heavily rely on their back line. They won't have, I don't think they've got the edge this year. When I look at what who Queensland are, are fielding, I just think that, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be that if, if the Blues backs can get up and, and, and run with their forwards and the forwards can go well, well, then they'll win the game. But, but geez, it's, it's going to be a very, very good contest. When I look at these two sides, um, form, paper, everything, it looks like this might be one of the closest ones we've ever seen. So mm. it's, it's exceptional viewing and you've got to watch it. Yeah, I think that the player who, who has been outstanding over the last say year or two is Tamika Upton the, the yes, well, yeah she's been unstoppable in the time yeah. so she's got, be, she's got to be wrapped up if, and, uh, and, 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 if the and kick the win. corners do not kick nearer like for the amount of teams that now regardless of who she plays for they kick the ball to her and it's just over <laughs> it's, yeah and look, she, caught, she scored a couple of tries last year I think the biggest, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, um, she's had her injury setbacks. Um, many people may not have followed it close enough to understand, but she actually had a stress fracture in her back at one stage. So it'll be interesting to see if any lingering effects of that are going to impact upon uh, Upton this year. But um, look, I, I, I think that, as you boys said, she's a real key for Queensland and it hurts me to say this. If I'm going with my head, I, I think I like the Queensland women. I think that they, um, I like their squad. I think they might get the job done in this one. Two years in a row. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. Look, just so that everyone's aware, uh, 
the the rules and timing and whatnot of this game. I, I should have mentioned that it is uh, on Friday. I think I failed to say that. It's Friday the 25th of June, 7.45 p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern uh, Time. Uh, it's at the Sunshine Coast Stadium on the Sunshine Coast. Um, in regards to the timing of the game, the match will be played in 35-minute halves. So that's, you know, after that time increase we saw introduced last year. Please keep in mind, because this is a standalone game, they are going to actually play Golden Point should it be tied after 70 Good, minutes. as they should. Which I think is a great option. The other thing to remember too, we're used to seeing the 40-20 in the men's version of the game. Uh, the 40-30 is an option for the... Uh, the women playing on Friday night. The other thing to keep in mind, because we have had some rule changes in the NRL, uh, the six again rule played in the NRL is not going to apply. So penalties are going to be awarded for ruck infringements and foul play. That's just something to keep in mind. Um, a lot of people do can... Yeah. They yeah. follow a more international line. Yeah. So... I know a lot of people are going to be keen to watch this. For those of us here in Australia, um, you can watch the game on uh, 9 in Brisbane and Sydney. Uh, for those of you who are in Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth, don't be discouraged because Jem is going to follow the game. So that's one of Channel 9's uh, second uh, channels, so to speak. Foxtel through Fox League also have rights for the coverage. Uh, as to those that are subscribers to KO, and obviously if you get your Channel 9 through the 9 Now app, you'll be able to watch it there as well. For those in New Zealand, the game is going to be shown in Sky Sport 4. Uh, and we are big internationally. We've talked about this over the past couple of weeks, so please keep in mind if you're not in Australia or New Zealand or the, the, the wider Pacific region... Uh, you can watch the women's NRL on the Watch NRL app. There is also going to be coverage of the game on um, Fox Sports 2 in the US. Sky UK are going to have coverage of the game. Fox Sports Asia in Papua New Guinea. Uh, TVWAN Action is going to have some coverage of the game. BN Sports in France are going to cover the game. Wow. Fox Netherlands, ESPN Africa, Rogers in Canada... Um, oh, th there are me. plenty of international options. Now, I can't guarantee that if you're in, say, the Netherlands, France, Africa, um, and those Asian regions that you're going to get the game live, but please have a look at your local listings because, as I said, Fox Sports Asia, BN Sports France, Fox Netherlands, ESPN Africa, Women's NRL, Women's Origin, it's going worldwide just like Carpool Rugby wow. League. Wow. Yeah. I think that's great. So, it is great. Yeah, uh, more exposure. I, I thought, to be honest with you, if you're someone in one of those areas that aren't, say, traditionally rugby league uh, hotbeds like Australia, New Zealand, so on and so forth, if if you if you switch on the TV and you go, oh, I'm flicking through, you know, Fox Netherlands, and uh, I see this uh, rugby league game from Australia where. Um, you know, female rugby league is, is being played. I think it's a great showcase for the game. I think these uh, athletes are just phenomenal. Most I definitely. Think a, I think they, it's just... Of course, they, they've got their World Cup at the end of the year along with yeah. the men. Yep. I think, I think yep. Brazil have a team in the World Cup for the women. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things where the women's game is actually... 
it's growing. Um, Shane, you mentioned well, globally. Earlier. Globally, what where the good where the good news is having a World Cup. Globally, it means that for some of those players that play rugby union or rugby uh, league, that they they've got avenues to to express their sport. And that's it's a good thing. Like you now, we often talk about the union league divide. I, I think with the women's game, we need to be about bringing it closer together. And if it means that that a, a country is able to fill the side because on the back of union or league or whatever, it, it's a good thing. And I, I think that we need, look, a strong global competition means that everything here is going to be uh, even better. And in the women's game, oh, I, 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 I pray to see the day when I turn up to to a game and, and I'm watching, if I watch two games of rugby league, there's the... There's the women's game before the uh, men's or vice versa. I don't care which way it goes. I, I just want to see them concurrently play and um, because there's some fantastic players out there that really need the kudos that they deserve. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. just got the uh, I just got the women's official draw for the 2021 Rugby League Women's World Cup. Yeah. Um Group A is England, Papua New Guinea, Canada, and Brazil. Mm-hmm. And Group B is Australia, New Zealand, France, and the Cook Islands. Tell you what, that's tough because New Zealand, New Zealand, produced some. You know, they, they've had the wood on us a couple of times. So that's yeah, a big Group B. That's a massive Group B. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd I'd imagine that probably two teams would. Yes, that's right. And but then, uh, you know, they'd cross over one place two and two <coughs> plays one. Momentum-wise, you want to win everything you can. Yeah. yeah. And look, yeah. on top of that, and not to change the subject too much, but while we're talking World Cup, obviously we know, um, you know, the Men's World Cup, and that's the, the main showpiece. There's, there's quite a few teams across that, you know, England, Smile, France, Greece, Australia, Fiji, Scotland, Italy, New Zealand, Lebanon, Jamaica, Ireland, Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Wales, and the Cook Islands will make up the men's. Griffo went through the women's. But one other thing that's happening at the uh, the Rugby League World Cup this year, which is a first, in addition to the men's, and obviously we're excited about the women's, not sure if you boys have heard about this or whether the listeners of home have um, heard much about this at all, but the Wheelchair Rugby League World Cup will also be a part of of this show oh, nice. piece. Yes, uh, I was aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just to just to bounce off what you were talking about there, Griffo, um, the uh, the official draw for the uh, wheelchair uh, rugby league world cup is also in two groups, uh, and there's a few countries there, and it, it makes sense now that we've got some listeners in areas like Norway and Spain for carpool rugby league because they could be excited about the world cup coming up. Wheelchair Rugby League World Cup, Group A, England, Australia, Spain, Norway, Group B, France, Wales, Scotland, USA. Not only is the women's game building, but also the official draw of the Rugby League Wheelchair World Cup. There you go. All happening in England in 2021. Yeah, really, really... um... Uh, well, I know we all are huge supporters of, of the international game. We want to see it grow. Um, and it's good to see some of these countries that perhaps 
in the past were not considered uh, places where rugby league is played, starting to make the presence felt in in these uh, respective World Cups. Um, so it's fantastic, and uh, you know I'm I'm really really hopeful that that COVID nineteen does not in any way um, impact on the World Cup of all those three uh, rugby league tournaments. Um, now I've got I've got to be honest and say I've got a bit of a concern about it, um, but it's vital that. Uh, yeah. It gets played, and, and it, it, ideally, of course, we want to see um, these young men and women strutting their stuff in front of, you know, full houses or at least half full houses, rather than just you know empty stadiums. Which um, it's better than nothing, but it's you know it's not ideal. Yeah, and and the. Um... The thing that's really good to see in regards to this tournament, whilst most of the men's um, matches are going to happen first, and then they've got the women's and the, the wheelchair, it, it, it is actually kind of running concurrently in a sense that um, when they get to the pointy end of the season, it's a massive weekend because uh, the fi- on Friday, the 26th of November, they have the wheelchair final. And then on Saturday, the 27th of December, the day later, they have a doubleheader, which is the uh, the women's final at yep. uh, quarter past one and then four o'clock local time, the men's final. So it's really going to be a massive weekend. It's not as though they run the men's tournament. That's done and dusted. Everyone forgets about, you know, what's going on and then the women and then the wheelchair. The finals are all happening on the same weekend. There is this, uh, this, this festival where it's all happening, as I said, um, at the same time um as each other and it's a really good opportunity i like the structuring because whilst you have the men's games and then you're giving those players a bit of a rest to recover you've then got an opportunity to watch the women's i'm really looking forward to this coming november i think it's going to be a great um celebration of football and the the three uh competitions that are happening yeah. it's just yeah so they, they do they do a great job when, late you october know, i think it starts great job so. in, in england in when yep. In running these these World Cups, most of them are over there, and, and I don't have a problem with that at all. No. Um, we want to we want to grow the game outside Australia, um, and uh, and yeah, I look forward to it. Look forward. Looking forward to it. All right, fellas. Well, there's plenty to look forward to this week in regards to State of Origin. I don't really need to ask you what game we're looking forward to most. It is Origin Week. We're looking forward to the the Origin games on Friday and Sunday. Um, we're hoping the Blues win being three New South Welshmen, but uh, obviously we want to wish our luck to all the players involved in every game this weekend. Uh, we don't want any injuries. We want the best teams to win, and um, yeah, really looking forward to Origin weekend. Indeed. Most definitely. Indeed. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, it's been uh, a pleasure to be able to bring you this uh Special edition. Griffo loves special a special edition. edition. I love a special edition. And uh, mm. don't don't fret. Next week we will be back. We'll be talking more NRL and uh, wrapping up what happened in the Origin. And uh, we hope that you have a wonderful week. And uh, go the Blues. Thank See you, you later, listeners. Everyone. Take care. Be good. Take it easy, guys. Take care.